everyone else should support your politics because you want to show to children you're going to lose. Well, I don't think that that is a policy done by teachers in this country. I think that this, this book is a was in schools in Florida. There which are a is ton why... of books that are in a ton of schools. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in censorship. That's not my bag. So buddy. you think children should have Playboy? I don't really think. Again, like, holy, <laughs> is this really where this part's going to go? Um, yeah, Tim, uh, as someone who has both looked at Playboy and has genderqueer here before me. That this is not pornographic. I, I, I would not use this as, as material for uh, erotic stimulation. It, it's a coming-of-age story. It would actually be utterly bizarre and, frankly, pretty inappropriate to, to do that. You're getting too excited? Take a breath. I can't. This is, uh, this is Beanie Christmas, you know? I think it's actual Justice Warrior. I know. You know what? We can all cringe collectively. I mean, the whole world released a collective cringe at that because the man is just pure, unadulterated cringe. If cringe was personified, that's basically what, you know, a fucking actual justice warrior would be as a human. Like, seriously, that motherfucker, that cherub-looking piece of shit, if um, a fucking uh, goat in the corner of the room started playing a piccolo and that very act made, like, wings sprout from the back of my body and then all of a sudden I floated into the air, I wouldn't have the gall that motherfucker does to be, like, you know, just the sheer confidence in how he approaches all things um so i think he's going to be here as well unfortunately he's going to be a part of uh going to be a part of the show so there you have it but either way uh i think uh we're just gonna have to get right to it i don't want to miss out on any amazing moments that i've already missed out an hour for and that Kidney really sucked i think on sunday i was kind of sick and it, it sucked so i just hung out and play, was playing video games all day but then monday i was talking like this and then i figured i'd be fine by tuesday and then come wednesday morning when i still couldn't talk we were like, we need to call in the big guns. So we reached out to some people to see if they would guest host for us. And we got some people. We got uh, uh, Jack and Seamus. So thank you all for that. This is the first The Culture War podcast we're doing live as we're uh, now getting into the the purpose for what this show is. When we do shows on Timcast IRL at 8 or so p.m., we'll often have people come in who are uh, uh, either disagree with us on certain issues and uh, or, or that's primarily it. When they do, the show transforms from topical news into uh, before, but now we'll probably end up doing it live just uh, because. So without further ado, without wasting any of your time, we've got two awesome guests. Uh, Sean, do you want to introduce yourself first? Oh, I'm Sean Fitzgerald. Uh, I do. <laughs> if any of you are wondering what my wondrous intro was about now, you I'm sure everything now has come. If, like, if you weren't familiar with this individual after you had heard what I said, you're kind of like, oh, this is a strange thing for Lance to have done. That kind of weird, he's kind of like a mystical creature, but not a good one. Kind of just like the strange, weird ones, the ones that you're like, oh, God, don't tell me that story, grandmother. That's going to keep me up at night youtube at the actual justice warrior i cover primarily criminal justice related issues and i'm happy to be here for your maiden live voyage of the Absolutely. culture war and emma would you like to introduce yourself yeah i'm emma vigeland i'm the co-host of the majority Woo! report thanks so much tim for for having me on i know that uh it was a little dicey with you and sam in terms of him uh coming <laughs> on but uh i'm happy i'm happy that, that nice nice oh i like it a little shade just a salty intro awesome you had me on. Honestly. Absolutely. I'm glad you came. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, I just want to clear this up because I know everyone's got that weird kind of like, what's going to happen? Smile, you know, except for Emma. Emma looks very confident, but both Tim and AJW were like, know that, you know, you didn't want to have Sam on because you called him a grifter, right? Yeah. And part of the reason that you called him that is because you said that 
you know, we put your song through a filter on our show. And I just want you to know, I was hosting that day. We don't have the technology to do that. So <laughs> I did not do that. So there you go. Clarence. Yeah. Was- <laughs> I love that episode, by the way. I loved watching all of them just sitting there like, wait, is he accusing us of actually writing this through? Oh, we just don't have that technology. <laughs> yeah. Matt, could you do that? Nah. <laughs> nah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> like, not up for you. The, the song, so uh, that specific issue was the song we put out, played on your show, had like the mids ripped out of it. We I, don't have the technological ability to do that. We're just a bunch of leftists uh, in with like a soundboard. I promise the, you nothing was intentional. You don't have that. audacity? It's free. Well, yeah. no, the, the, the issue here is likely I don't really that know. I don't know anything about if you don't tech. If you don't have proper ingestion... <laughs> Then, like, the audio is going through a TV or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like how this has already evolved. Sorry, sorry. So it's not that, like, it's not that the audio was manipulated through the use of technology, which, by the way, I, you know, credit to Actual Justice Warrior. There are free open source softwares that one could use. However, to do it on the fly is still a little bit difficult. And let's just say this. Um, if they intentionally wanted to do that as a way of fucking, like, making fun of your music, they don't need to. That's I think that's the Occam's razor of this all because like the the song speaks for itself. You, like I I had zero manipulation of your audio. I think I played it in very high fidelity, good quality. You can hear it. There's there's highs, mids, and lows. I used to work as both a, a music producer and in the world of electronic music, so I know a little bit about music production. So I I, I have manipulated you not uh, and still had a time. It's going to sound really bad. Right. Mm. So, oh, 36 Chambers is a great example. Okay. Wu Tang used to fucking, they would record their shit where you could hear police sirens in the background. It's so authentic because it's all in the fucking basement. And like, oh man, like that, but it gives it such a good sound. Like that's such a fucking, oh, that's a heavy fucking album. If, if we were to like play music on the TV and then put the mics up to it, everything would be ripped out from it. And then if we were to say, listen how bad this sounds, this so it's much. misleading the average person right. thinking well, that yeah. that's what the song sounds like. When but, but, but I played that. And look, I mean, we're, we're here to have a great discussion, um, I think. But it's interesting that even though I played it, that was your justification for calling Sam a grifter. Oh, it's not, though. Uh, the issue okay. with Sam was that I put out a tweet where I said, uh, we, we, we try to invite people on the left all the time. They always say no. And then Sam it's tweeted, true. challenge accepted or something. It's just not true, by the way. Like, you saw the thing fill up, right? You can see all the names, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, okay, maybe some people don't want to travel to the compound. I don't think it's unreasonable. I said this to his face, by the way. I was like, it's, I, I, it's not unreasonable for people to do this via tech. We have the technology, Tim. We can do this. I've seen you do it because you've had Ben Shapiro on it. And then that's when he did this whole, like, you see this, though? See, see, you see this? What's going on right now? Yeah, you won't get this. Yeah, and I was like, true, but, uh, you know, not all of us can take this much time out of our lives. It's very expensive to fly all the way to the other like side of the continent. It's quite a large continent. You know? That effect, like, I'll come <laughs> on. And I was like, oh, this is great, because, you know, Sam was actually the first person to ever shout me out ever in my career. Yeah. Uh, praising me. And so I said, we will uh, cover travel accommodation. We'll fly you out. We'll take care of everything. Let me know what, what, what day works for you. And he said something like the 13th. And I was like, this is fantastic. And then he DM'd me and was like, I'm not coming on your show. And I was yeah, like, it was because of COVID restrictions. I've seen the DMs. I told him you yeah, should put sure. it on. I've I've told him you should put it on Twitter, but he's oh, too good of a, a guy. Pandemic. Well, maybe maybe. Well, no, well, I published all the clarify. DMs. Yeah, because then what he did was <laughs> he then not too big of a guy. I, I, it's 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 mostly water under the bridge. But he made some comment about me backing out or something, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, and then I I, I messaged him. I was like, "Are you kidding, dude? Like, I we're gonna pay for everything." And then he was just like, no, I'm not doing it. Are you well, crazy? Well, then uh, just do it like, I mean, I'm sure he'd be down to come down soon. And you guys could actually have Well, the issue ex- has expanded uh, oh. more than that. I mean, so, so at the same time, 
there was Hassan Piker, who also responded to my tweet. And he said, I'd love to come. And I said, when can you come? And he said, let's figure out a date. And so I DM'd him and he said, I got to be honest, I'm actually concerned about COVID. And I said, totally get it. No worries, man. Thanks for reaching out. And that was the end of it. Sam, however, used it on like a video and then started tweeting about it because it was drumming up a whole bunch of clicks and views. And I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. Interacting with this guy is just going to create drama that he uses to get clicks. I mean, the dude's got like 170 videos about Dave Rubin. Yeah, we do cover that. I mean, I think part part of what we do. This is the same excuse that Cordering used to say, right? He'd be like, oh, this guy's obsessed with me. He's a stalker. He's got so many videos about me. I was like, sir, how many videos do you have of Brie Larson? How many? Like, I mean, today. Like, what, maybe 13 today alone, right? Like, you you have your own people that you cover because you think that they are contributing, I guess, negatively to the culture wars or whatever. Uh, And for me, it happens to be, in some cases, you. ...is we try to respond to some of the right-wing ecosystem on the internet because there's a vacuum truly left. Um, You guys have a lot more money than the left-wing media space. We just try to combat it a little bit. I think the issue with that, I can understand why you'd say that, but it looks like this This is a great way to kick off the show, actually, yeah. like the start of the culture mm-hmm. war. Um, I actually don't think the whatever this space has more money because this is a fractured independent space of varying ideologies. Tim, I'm in your compound right now. Yeah, I'm rich. What is I that, live what in a one mean? bedroom. I mean, how did you get rich? I started a website, took memberships, sold ads on videos. Yeah, but the, but the reason that you get ads and that we don't is because you more adequately serve capitalism and we challenge it. I get, we, we got our ads pulled. What do you mean? There's. Beautiful. No one said that before. That's, but yes, I really like that. That's now a matter of public record and it's just there. Ooh, that's nice. Very well done, Emma. Yes. There's Great whole start. organizations dedicated to getting our, all of our ads removed. Right. But the proof is in the pudding and where I'm sitting yeah, we, right now. So, so this is memberships. This okay. is almost entirely because people pay to become members of our websites. Uh, you know, if if uh, the majority report, they, they, you guys have been around a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. The inability to uh, provide a, a, a product to a customer. I was like, I, I knew that's where it was going to go. Like, I, I was like, she's going to like, she's going to challenge his very understanding of how the capitalist system works and why, because he reinforces a lot of systems of power. He's able to profit handsomely off it because those who have lots of money want to have their own systems reinforced. It all makes sense, right? You know, like logically, if you line it all up, but the defense to that, obviously, and especially coming from Tim is going to have to be like, yeah, sucks. You suck. <laughs> like, Yeah. Sucks to suck, bro. What can I say? Yeah. I've done pretty nice. You know, that's because I do better than you. I'm better. That's why. Yeah. That's why you're in the mansion does not mean that one political faction has more or is granted more because of capitalism or anything like that. Like if Sam is unable to, I mean, Sam's had way more subscribers than me for a long, long time. Right, right. And he's been, and he just like hit, and I'm not saying this to be like me, I'm saying if he doesn't know how to turn revenue, the issue is more so you need like a COO or somebody who's going to say, here's how we provide something to a market that generates revenue so we can expand our business. So we're we're uh, better at that here, I suppose, is the easy way to put well, it. Well, no, because what you say here is more attractive to investors and advertisers. I mean, we're basically we no only members. And OK, well, other right wing media like the Daily Wire and stuff like that. And even what I'm looking at the rumble. Uh, uh, what I don't know. What do you call that uh, logo right there? Looks like mm-hmm. a rectangle. That, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a David Sachs. That's a venture capital backed venture, I believe. 
Um, He's got a rumble very least, like Peter Thiel is green triangle. In in There's no equivalent on the, on the left. Why wouldn't Absolutely you be able not. to get advertisers if like David Pakman and the Young Turks have advertisers? Your content's not like too We do dissimilar. have advertisers. We just have, you know, advertisers that are a, a little bit more within our system of values. And we're trying to combat corporate greed. We don't have a ton of advertisers that I think align with uh leftist or we have advertisers that we try to like say in terms of like uh leftist values as well but just <clears throat> by the nature of left versus right it's asymmetrical warfare but, but you guys but, are but honestly you sam just should just put, but, the, put you're those passing DMs on advertisers that don't align with your values so yeah. like you have but we do those the same options. thing we do literally say we have like four advertisers right like four right okay so the our website has no advertisers and it's almost entirely membership funded. Yeah. So I mean, look, everything here is because people give us 10 bucks a month. It, we're really trying to cover politics on our program. And I think that that's what uh, is like our central focus. I mean, why well, make a about video about me and music? Emma's going hard. Yeah. Right out of the gates, too. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes. Well, I mean, it was a little fun because it was kind of funny. But I mean, Sam comes from a comedy background <laughs> as well. Funny. I would say that I think you misrepresent what our show actually does. The first hour, the free hour of our program before we go to the membership portion is one that we literally have experts on, on social security, on international politics. It's not honestly something that is conducive to it's it's dry. It's not conducive necessarily to a ton of capital investment or advertisers. Um, and right. we're trying so we to make a have, difference in the world. We don't have investment or sure. we have like four advertisers. Actually, we have zero advertisers. So we got rid of them all. So okay. we, we ended all of our advertisers. Uh, do, do you still have the prepper buckets? Because you did have prepper buckets. I, I remember watching the prepper bucket advertisements. I actually called into the prepper bucket company to suggest prepper bucket flavors based on your particular branding. Um, is is that still a thing? Is, is there still like the code to be able to get the prepper buckets or you've dropped them all? Like all, that would be impressive. That, uh, to be fair, on the podcast version of things, I think we have like six. On the YouTube oh, okay. side of things, we've actually gotten rid of all advertisements. So it, now it's just like whatever YouTube does, they do. Right. And then we started our, we're starting our own companies. The reason we, start, we started our own coffee company, it's because, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of this person, but there are organizations the quartering? that lie Jeremy Hambly? in order to get our ads pulled. And mm. so that's happened to us. Mm. Uh, one example is that there is, uh, well, I don't want to get into too much of it, but there's a, a group that has argued that I have claimed that Donald Trump won in 2020, and they've used that to raise tens of thousands of dollars. Okay. I never said Donald Trump won in 2020. In fact, since <laughs> Joe Biden got inaugurated. Oh, we got to watch the fucking. You predicted a landslide of, uh, let's just say, ahistorical proportions. I like, what? 48 state landslide. 49 state land. You're like, wait, how many, how many more do you have left? <laughs> I said Trump lost and these people need to accept it. Right. Well, you said there might be a race war. There was that. When did I say that? Uh, I'm not sure. But you also said that. I don't, say, I don't, I don't think that's true. Thing, the, 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 the 10 year old who got an abortion, who was raped. You call that a hoax. Have you retracted that statement? Uh, so there's very deep context to that. What we're talking about when but I that's say been hoax, proven, I mean, Charged. Right, but so, the rapist so, has been charged right, right. and the doctor who provided uh -huh. the abortion fine. So this is a really good example of the problem in the culture where I would say, see, you don't you don't know what I actually said because I, I I didn't say what you're what you're describing. You did. I just watched it last night. Right. And so what I said was the fact that they politicized this 
I like uh, watching Tim on the defense uh, because like uh, for a, a lot of the first half of the show, I guess, because I was on his show and maybe it's just kind of like, you know, this is uh, let's just play this out and see how it's going. You spend a lot of time as the leftist on it uh, on the defense, right? Right out of the gates. Fucking Emma's making him play defense and having to actually answer for, let's just say, some of his crimes. You know, I'm totally here for it, obviously. To win a political point is the hoax, not that the child was abused. How does that constitute a hoax, Tim? So, like, let's say uh, there's a what's a good example of this? Uh, Ahmed Arbery. Ahmed Arbery is a really great example, right? So uh, here's a here's no, a, no. I'm talking about this example though, right? The right. One that so, I just brought up. So right, if 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 I can't explain to you that manipulating a story for political gain is the right. hoax, then I don't what's know what's what the say. manipulation. Oh man, this is an old story. I have to pull it up. I think the. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Emma. I was like in a couple seconds there. I'm like, oh, they're moving on to Amon Arbery. And then right away, I know actual justice warrior is going to come out and do what he always does, which is misrepresent statistics and facts of which you will probably know. He'll like, I, I, I do not get bogged down in a single uh, like area. If he's like, well, I want to tell you a little bit about the crime statistics about Hispanic versus white people in Boston. Like, because I off the top of my head do not know those numbers, but I know how you manipulate numbers. I know how he's going to take them. And right away, that's going to be some rabbit hole that both of them will get down. And then by that point, we'll forget the original call out. So just like Emma didn't worry about that. She's just like, she's sticking. She was that they were able to actually get the treatment in state. But because of the law, they decided to seek it elsewhere. And I said, that is a hoax. I didn't say that it was a hoax that the girl was abused. I said, if they could have sought treatment in state under the exemption, I think it was Ohio, right? There was an exemption saying in the cases of abuse, the treatments are permitted. But they decided to make a public statement and leave the state anyway. I said, that is a hoax. It was not a public statement. Um, Well, but that's my point. No, no, rape and incest exemptions are non-actionable. Um, this is like well documented with abortion activists. How long do you think it takes to prove a rape or incest case before you're able to use that carve out well, to I, actually I don't, get an abortion? Well, doesn't it I, depend on how the law is written? Do you have to prove it or does it have to be alleged? I mean, first well, of all, let me, let me rape, is, rape that, is that one real the, quick so we can clarify the thing. On, sure. I never said it was a hoax that the girl was abused. Okay. That is incorrect. But, I mean, but honestly, this is a part and parcel of what you do is you put that kind of statement out there and then you put caveats in to protect yourself. Like um, but me that, saying that someone manipulating a story for political gain is a hoax. Is it's not, not a manipulation. That is the kind of thing that's going to continue to happen as abortion restrictions <clears throat> happen throughout the country. It's, an it's a particularly Absolutely. egregious example used to shine light on broader restrictions on abortion in this country. I mean, it's an opinion, but you haven't retracted yes. it. It's false. Uh, I'm, it's not false. If there is a story and the story is exaggerated or manipulated in an effort to sway people into believing one political faction over the other, you are engaging in a hoax. I mean, is <laughs> Tim, you just described all media. <laughs> all media. What? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, there is a bias. The bias is usually both within the author, the editor, and the paper itself. That's Yes, that's how the bias within a publication does work. That doesn't, by definition, make it a hoax. You, like, if you, are, if you are intentionally lying to, to make up and craft a story that is not factually correct, that's one thing. Just saying, hey, here's our spin on a real thing that happened, that's media again. <laughs> Isn't that what you guys do when you post, like, 
extreme videos of crime and things like we that. We don't do that. What are, we, what are, we, what are you talking I about? I mean, you respond to videos that are taken completely out of context, isolated instance, like I- instances. I don't think you watch the show because that doesn't sound I cool mean, I do a little bit. No, you don't. Because yeah, we don't I do. do that. Yeah, Yes, I, you do. I, 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 well, that's not true because we don't do that. You don't watch In fact, one of the points we make specifically is... Uh, you show subway crime to talk about all of these inflated yes, sub, crime sub, numbers. And, crime and, is down in New York City in and, 2023 and, and, and by every down, metric. Down compared to what? Down compared to 2021 and don't, 2022. Don't change, don't change the subject. No, no, right? You, you accused not. us no, no, of publishing minute, videos we don't minute. publish. Wait, wait. Okay, so hold on. He's about to, you know, we're about to manipulate some crime statistics. That's what AJW is really good at. So he's like, he's, he's got a calling. You can tell. He's like, ah, time to activate. Are you ready? Pull out the piccolo. Um, Tim. She's not changing the topic. She's uh, answering your question. If, if you're like, well, give me examples or I don't do that. It's like, well, yes, uh, you do, actually. That is that is a kind of bread and butter part of this entire show is you'll take an incident and you'll run with it. You'll do the same thing in multiple categories. Doesn't matter if it's crime. Doesn't matter if it's crime statistics. Doesn't matter if it's the representation of certain demographics in crime statistics. You do the same thing for what you think is grooming or pedophilia with drag shows. You'll show like all these pictures like, hey, do you approve of this? What about this? You see this photo right there? Yeah, you see where this this pole dancers at a, at a at an elementary school? Do you approve of that? It's like, no, I have no idea what the context is for the shot that you're showing me. That's uh, not something I'm here to approve or disapprove of. What I would want to know is broadly speaking, are there statistics in data on drag queens sexually molesting children and if there was you bet believe the right would lose their shit every single time they talked about this since there's not because you haven't brought it up once i'm going to assume that there's not a rampant problem with drag queens abusing children sexually yeah otherwise you would be using that data every single day if it's down in 20 compared to 2021 (laughs) and there was a giant year over year increase from 2020 to 2021 then you're talking about something it that's wasn't down. giant. It was a small bump from the a pandemic. A 47% increase in homicide in the city of New York is bump. not a small bump. It was- See, okay, so right what he did there is exactly what I was telling you about. 47%. What are the numbers? Because we've done this, like in Vancouver, there's a lot of organizations that does a similar thing. They will take statistics and they will be like, there has been a 127% increase in burglaries in Vancouver. There has been a 213% increase in this and that and that. And you're like, oh, that sounds very scary. And then it's like, yes, it went from six to 12. Six to 12 incidents, yes. Oh. Um, uh, how many people died last year from overdoses? Th- uh, thousands, yes, thousands. Thousands died from overdoses. Oh, so so more people died from that than were burnt alive by arsonists. Yes. But there was like an increase, like by 127% in arsonist burnings. Yes. Because three more happened. Yes. Uh, Homicides are have been on a precipitous decline since the 70s, since the 80s, since the 90s. There was a bump because of desperation in the pandemic. And now it's back down in 2023. That's irrefutable. That's the NYPD's own data. That's on all major crimes, murders, rapes, grand larcenies, uh, robberies. This is an argument I'm often confronted with, and it's actually pretty terrible. So crime is down from the peak for sure, right? In some years in New York City, we had 2,100 murders. I think that's the largest ever in the history of the city of New York. However, my standard isn't 
it's not as bad as the worst time in the history of the city of New York. When I mm-hmm. see murders jump year over year from about 319 to 469. What do you mean year over year? A, the two years that I just year- <laughs> mentioned? You're speaking of a small... How many people die from heart disease every year in New York? How many people die every year from gun violence or self-inflicted gun wounds in New York? How many people die from suicide through a variety of means in New York? Yeah. There's, there's there's a lot of death for sure, but does that mean that there's an epidemic of crime because suddenly it's gone up by what thirty to forty year That's over it? year, as in from 2020 to 2021? That would be a year yes, over year yes. increase. That is a dramatic increase, and it's the largest since I believe 2010, the greatest year over year increase of all time in the city of New York, by the way. But it's all but the way back to 2010 again. numbers. It's down. Yeah, it's down is- compared to the increase, but it's not down compared to. 2019. This was a once in a lifetime pandemic where people's desperation and their mental health was severely harmed. Um, People were out of work. And that kind of desperation leads to more crime. That's the reality of how crime works. Poverty Um, leads to crime. I would imagine. Why do you think uh, 25 people got shoved in front of trains last year? I don't know, dude. Well, (laughs) that's legitimate. (laughs) That is the right answer, by the way. What does that say about society? What do you want me to answer here, Tim? What nature is healing? I have no idea what this is. Like, okay, that's not a good thing. I would prefer less people to be thrown in front of trains. Does that mean that anarcho tyranny is taking over the city? I don't think so. Yes, no, it's not Gotham. We're okay. Question, you're saying that uh, you're saying poverty and desperation results in crime. I'm wondering why it is that you've had you didn't these, say that, uh, but that these is homeless true. guys. They've been predominant. I think it's almost entirely these homeless guys shoving these people in front guys. of trains. Last year it was 25. Wow. For, and for so that what? that is so that's a mental so yeah also what like so it's all just exclusively homeless people are are they training each other to do this is this a game is this for points is it membership into a organization or some kind of fraternity what is going on here tim you just i i think you're just saying the first thing that comes to your mind which is this weird idea that homeless people are just randomly throwing people into trains on an epidemic scale Mental health problem. I mean, we have a we do have a mental health problem in this country. We have an issue okay. with not having socialized health care where people are unable to access health care, mental health care in particular, but also every other kind of health care. I mean, 28 million uninsured people in this country. That's a massive problem. I mean, what do you yeah, what, what is your stance on Medicare for all and health care? I'm, I'm for universal health care. Oh, you are. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I think I think. We'd have to have some kind of like basic coverage for universal uh, universal standard, meaning like I'm discretionary, by the way, if you're having an episode, this is particularly where we bring you when we help you. If you're sure. broken bones, flu, things that it's like relatively simple and knowledge based. The, the challenge with it is that we got limited space, we got limited doctors, but, you know, I don't think we can function as a society if we have people yeah, just dying right. in the streets like we do with drug abuse. And, you know, well, then we should, you should promote housing first policies on your program. Like in Houston, what they did, there was a pilot program under Obama. It was a HUD grant. And they reduced homelessness by 63% over 10 years. Housing first works. Because they guaranteed housing. Do you think that the 25 examples that you cite last year, and there's like over 2 million subway riders a day. So Mm. you cherry picking that, I feel like is. It's not cherry picking. It's you asked or you mentioned that desperation leads to crime. Yeah. So I'm. Yes, right. So 25 people out of how many people live in New York? How many millions and millions of people live in New York? No one is going to defend like this is the position that they always want to put you in by they that I mean the right. They always want to put you into a defensive reflective position where it's like, would you support this? Huh? Leftist look. 
look, look right there. This is a, a pole dancer in front of children. And it's like, yeah, this is not a queer event. This was a straight event. I found the source. Yeah, so this was not appropriate, but I'm not here to defend that. Is there an epidemic of this happening? I, do you want me to defend people pushing strangers in front of trains? No, uh, spicy take. I'm against pushing strangers in front of trains and killing them. Yes, I'm not for that. I'm, I'm anti that. I would like that to not happen more. I would like that to happen less, actually. What are we doing here? This is not a serious conversation. Again, if you look at the actual problems befalling society, especially when it comes to the problems in New York, um, is it overwhelmingly not access to health resources, not access to mental health resources, the over-policing of marginalized communities, specifically black and indigenous communities? Like, that's uh, these are the things we should maybe be talking about because they affect, again, millions of people. Of the 25 people who get pushed in front of a train each year by homeless people, that's fucking horrifying. Maybe we need better access to, I don't know, healthcare, so that there are less people who have mental illness on the street, less people who have hardcore addiction on the street, less people who are homeless, period. Why not just get rid of homeless people by housing them? You can pay for that. Wondering why it is specifically that we saw this increase. Is, is, is it like someone's desperate, but why murder somebody? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, they're experiencing a mental health episode. They, we do not have adequate health care in this country, mental health care. I hear a lot of talk often after ma mass shootings that mental health is the most important thing in this country. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, we should have socialized health care so everyone can have access to it. Um, and yep. that would that paired with a housing first policy where cities don't become urban centers for just bridge and tunnelers who want to come in and see a show or for restaurant associations where places where people can actually live and there's guaranteed housing for people. If we were able to do that, we would be able to drastically reduce the crime that you guys are talking about. Here. So when you're talking about poverty leading to crime, like what is that based on? Because after prohibition was repealed human during the Great Depression, yeah. crime fell during the Great Recession. People with your line of thinking I debated actual justice warrior and I explained that to him very clearly and I gave him all the statistics and I used conservative sources. I was like, I can pull from the International Monetary Fund. I can pull from the World Bank. I can pull from the statistics from actual right wing think tanks on this. Yes, there is no uh, possible denying that large amounts of poverty can lead to large amounts of crime, of course. Thought we would see a crime spike nationwide. It didn't happen. You can actually look at the crime wave if you wanted to pull it up. That didn't occur. And that was the largest recession in the history of this country since the Great Depression. So what we've seen throughout American history is poverty not leading to crime. What we actually see, see is the opposite, is that crime nonsense. drives areas into poverty. We look at store closures across. The it's, it's, it's the upside down. He's living in the upside down. He's seen like, you know, the cart before the horse or whatever you want to say. It's like it's everything in reverse. And like he said the same thing about predominantly black neighborhoods. He would be like, well, predominantly black neighborhoods commit the most crime. So they require the most police. I was like, because there is over policing in black and racialized neighborhoods, they have more interactions with the police. If you look at the statistics between white people and black people, guess what? They use drugs at comparable rates. However, black people end up in the criminal justice system at higher rates and at much longer sentences for a variety of causes. If both groups are both using the drugs, but one group is having way more incarceration, what is happening before you? Uh, oh, they, uh, they don't have fathers, that's why.
it's because the no fault what are you saying right now this is just racism it's written you are a racist this is racism you're not this is not based in science you're trying to sell it and you're doing this air the whole thing is based upon well this is my deep understanding of statistics and how this whole thing works no you're not understanding you're just you're reversing it up like it is the upside down it's it's the closest way i can explain it country due to the fact that we have shoplifting that leads to decaying in the neighborhoods when people <laughs> abandon the neighborhoods and you see this when you see the halls by the way sometimes with these recent shoplifters it's like what were they stealing uh well we we got this maniac look at this stuff baby formula diapers whole bunch of diapers yeah and baby formula what the hell my god what a monster they were gonna sell that on the street probably for some crack cocaine that's how that works right light that has a psychological impact on people and that drives people to commit these crimes i mean you're working backwards from the no you're massive... actually working backwards wait, 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 but no no poverty clearly this is a very simple concept leads yes. to something like shoplifting why would someone shoplift based on a personal pathology they're shoplifting because they're desperate not necessarily like so we have a lot yeah. of lax shoplifting laws in california for example you know? so they're and what they find is we have a yeah, lot of organized retail theft because there's no consequences objects for it. That's probably, for I mean, instance, not, there, people are trying to make money well, so, and so, they're desperate. And we have we have untold levels of income inequality in this country. Well, is since it the income late, inequality or poverty? Since the late 70s, 900 percent. That's the increase in CEO pay versus yeah. 12. Both, by the way, I, I, I know he just tried to do a weird move there. <laughs> the answer is both percent for the working class in this country. That's you don't bad. think that that leads to levels of desperation? So wait, wait, is income inequality the cause or is poverty the cause? Because those are two different things. I mean, they go hand in hand. They really yeah. don't. Yes, they do. Because all <laughs> the wealth all. is going towards the CEOs and to the billionaires in this country. Again, but it's not the hubris, the hubris that little cherub has, you know, like, again, if you <laughs> like a fucking mythical creature, why? Why would you come to the plate all the time with such gall? The confidence he has—it's wild. Same with Tim. Like it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty stunning for me because I'll sit in that room, right? And I'm very big on like self-correcting call-outs when someone's like, "Lance, you were factually incorrect about that." Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're right. Oh man, I can't believe I didn't realize that. Yeah, I—I I, I want to find the right answer because that's more important to me than fucking not looking foolish because I do look foolish all the time. I do it as a form of entertainment sometimes. I don't mind being foolish. All right, I—I'm fine with that. But man. I don't have that kind of confidence. I have a different kind of confidence. I'm fine just being like, hey, what's up? I'm a bit of a silly guy. But I, I don't mind telling you that. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm confident in that way. I'm not confident just straight being like, whatever I think and comes to my mind, I'm just going to say is being factually correct in this circle and then downplay or condescend to you if you actually try to give me any kind of new information. <laughs> you're just wrong. Yeah, unfortunately, you're just wrong. <laughs> you just... You just don't know. You don't watch. Yeah, that's what it is. You don't watch, so you don't know. But uh, yeah, and a it's zero not sum economy. Down. But what? What? what, I, what, I what but, but also, if income inequality is the driver of crime, then how come we saw a giant crime decline after the mid '90s when income inequality was going up? In fact, we saw this happen all the way to 2019. Can you repeat that? We had a giant crime decline from around 1995, 1996 nationwide from. Uh, all the way to 2019, while income inequality was rising.
there's it's really difficult by the way and this is why it's fertile ground for race realists like actual justice warrior to talk about this kind of stuff and they like using this period of time because there are it's hard to point to one single factor historically right there's a lot of points there's a lot of things that people have talked and more recently we've actually entertained the very very true and racist history especially of the united states in which there are very large populations predominantly black populations that had um building materials used within the the regions in which they lived that could have detrimental effects uh, upon people including rising levels of violence and crime and stuff like that uh because of having poisons uh literally in the environments in which they lived when that started being heavily restricted when that started being less used and especially within predominantly uh racialized neighborhoods there was a decidedly an observable decline in crime that's not the only reason though yes lead poisoning uh there's 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 a, a multitude of reasons right but it's it's difficult to simply be like okay well you want a yes or no answer the, the answer is this which is why they love pointing towards that and being like well uh, correlation does not equal causation and i know that there are the economics uh free economics amongst you who who say that it's because abortions were legalized and suddenly people weren't having unwanted children and so it's like no that, that one is, is not true but there are certainly things to said about how racialized communities in the united states uh, if you look towards indigenous communities and, and then the treatment and quality of their again building conditions and again black communities in the united states and what was put into the very walls of the homes in which their families lived yeah lead poisoning it, it does have observable and demonstrable effects uh and and that's something that like you know needs to be able to be brought up you know that isn't real that getting poisoned is a choice right. <laughs> so why would that occur if income inequality is driving crime i mean i i'm i'm not exactly sure you're the expert, Thank you so much but for, i do know uh, that you're saying that there was an increase in crime in 2021 and 2022 well, and it doesn't matter now that it's going back this. down to 2023 levels this is just um, New York I can't City. See this. Yeah, I just pulled up New York City. Look at that! Right, exactly. So in the at at in at the start of 1990, crime was at its highest, and it dropped rather massively. Yes. Into uh, just before 2000, where it continued to decline, and then from 2019 into 2020, we see a huge a huge increase. That's pre-pandemic. Right. So there's a couple interesting things to point out there. No, to We're, be clear, that's not that's not pre-pandemic. That's the year-over-year year increase. So right. it would be in the year 2020. To be clear, so 2019 would be no, the no, low no, no. number. The so, the increase actually the the draw is before 2020. Meaning that could that could be 2018 to 19. Then if that's the point you're making. No, no, it's uh, I've I've seen these numbers. I'm telling you, you're reading this chart wrong because <laughs> in New York City, it, do they have the raw number of homicides on the side? If you <laughs> track this, it, this, you have around yeah, this is just murders, this is just murders right here. Right. Guys, you have about 300, <laughs> and then it jumps to about 469. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boys, 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 bruh. What are we doing? <laughs> I just no, no. You brought that up though. You're the one who you 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 brought that chart up. You're the one presenting the facts to the class. So you're gonna have to do the book report right now. I can't, I can't guide you both through this. I can't hold both your hands here, boys. Come on. <laughs> I mean, crime dropped everywhere throughout the country. Yes. Since lead gasoline was outlawed. There Thank is you. a massive connection, lead paint, lead gasoline, predominantly affecting poor and lower income people, yep. um, which probably did contribute to some of the increase in volatility in that. Well, kind that, of instance. That, that, I, agree. I completely agree. I read that report. It was fascinating that when we started taking lead out of the atmosphere, crime yeah. started to drop. But that would also arg make the argument that it's not poverty driving crime. It was like chemical 
Oh my god, where were they using the building supplies in predominantly poor neighborhoods? Where are predominantly poor neighborhoods? Why are these racialized? Tim, yes, it's all connected. See, you don't get to just take the part out that you don't like or the part that's neat or convenient, you know? All of a sudden it's like, well, this is less about, I guess, poverty and less about racism and way more about chemicals, goo, if you will. So this is kind of like goo theory. Yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'm with you on goo theory. I don't like the racism and I don't like the poverty aspects, none of that, but the goo, let's go with this. Imbalance or something. I, it's both, it's yeah. absolutely both. Well, I think it would, it, it, I think it would play a role, like the lead would play a role because it was in gasoline. So it was in right, the air, air and yeah, so it's impacting and we know everyone. It's, it depresses a uh, uh, brain function and things like that. True. Yeah. Yes, and this is all true, but it was also used within like paint. The, the line the walls the homes of people and this would because it was a cheaper product predominantly be used in areas that were racialized that's that's one of the reasons why this affected and and exacerbated other factors that already existed like existing levels of inequality existing levels of poverty existing levels of fucking inadequate health care inadequate schooling systems you can see the long history of racialized and racial oppression towards black people in america and yes this is yet another factor which was of course increasing the levels of crime once you put them all together it's not like you can just say well it was his but the lead paint well i mean there was lead paint in white families and it's not like they had the exact same numbers and stuff and it's like, it, it, yes, it affected everybody, but the, again, the, we can't just isolate the one thing and be like, these are the chemicals. It was the chemicals I think public policy has a huge impact as well, because again, we saw a dramatic crime. This crime wave started in the 1960s, right? And this is when we started embracing this idea that poverty was the root cause of crime, that this was more the realm of the social workers, all Not things that sound really that familiar it's, to today. It's, it's been and from observable. 1960 all the way to 1979, the incarceration rate, even though in raw numbers it was rising, was dropping per capita. So we saw this crime increase, and you would, what you would end up getting in 1979 for murder, on average, was something like five years. For rape, it was something like 3.4 years. And obviously, like this created a problem because we just weren't prosecuting people. This is why we ended up going with a mass incarceration solution, which, by the way, did work. And all like that's all wrong. It's 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 the upside down, like. <laughs> Mass incarceration was the solution to all of our problems. Now, thanks to mass incarceration, 1% of our entire population is in cages. Yes, we have put 1%, the largest in human history, 25% of all prisoners on Earth are in one country in America. You know, 5% of the population, 25% of the prisoners, 1% of all the people who live in this country are inside a cage. We did it. And it definitely falls along racialized lines. Oh, and guess what? They work for little to no pay, too. That part's there as well. All these other policies <laughs> to get tough on crime. You laugh, but you're definitely No, I mean, wrong. mass incarceration. We incarcerate more people than any other country. We have the highest rate of violent crime for any modern Western country. I mean, I, I don't have that statistic in front of me, but we still... Ma so how does that connect to the mass incarceration point? If it worked then what does the violent crime rate have to do with it? You just want to warehouse more people? Thank no, you. I didn't say, uh, for, uh, when I say it worked, we had an ex yes, we started yes. expanding the he prison does. population seriously in the 1980s to the 1990s. If you go to the Brennan Center for Criminal Justice, which is a left-wing organization, they say post the year 2000, mass incarceration lost its effectiveness. But most of the mass incarceration was pre the year 2000. So obviously it had some impact and it well, ranges. Low estimates are about 6% on the crime rate, which is very low, but the high estimates are about 30%.
what you're seeing with his uh, particular brand of uh, nonsense is basically like what right wing think tanks want you to believe. And he's kind of ingested all of it. It's basically like, hey, we're going to really cherry pick, isolate parts of data statistics and then just use those to try and kind of be like the best solution to all of our problems is more police and more incarceration. That's what we want to sell, of course, because it's highly profitable to us and upholds state power. And of course, you know, reinforces capitalism. So let's keep this going. All right. And the reason it worked is because the philosophy behind mass incarceration is pretty simple. What you're trying to do is incapacitate criminals because the same criminals are often reoffending. You brought up. So um, you now have more human beings in cage than any other country has in human history. Even the ones that you think are despotic. You have more people in prisoners in cages than the Nazis did or say uh, the USSR did as well. It's the most in human history. One percent of your population is in bars. She's right. If the system was working, if it's if it's the best possible solution to your problems, you would not have the highest levels of uh, violent crime in the Western world. Like clearly, it's like it, you just have more and more and more and more and more and more people in prisons and also in private prisons. Casper, eleven oh three. Thank you. Shoplifting earlier. You can actually pull up an article to find out that the same three hundred people in New York City represent a third of the shoplifting arrests total for a single year. Probably because this they're is incredibly because they're repeat impoverished offenders. and they need to find a way to actually sustain their livelihoods in this country. That, we that's, don't I mean, have that's, a, that, but that's that's pl that's put a very good way. Uh, that's that's, yeah. that's that's phrased very well to maintain their livelihoods. Well, so, no, I mean, I, no, their life is a better way to maintain. Sure, sure, it. but like. Oh, wow. Okay, so you know what? Instead of just going for the jugglers here, she might actually break some ground in terms of convincing people because you can see that's one of those moments where, like, you know, Timpool's mad about the way she phrased it because it actually sounds convincing. That's why he's upset. It was actually a good argument. And, the, and the, you could tell that it hit a part of him that now he feels like, oh, a little bit of, what's that? Um, an emotion. Yeah, and so suddenly it's like, okay, well, the way you, that's, that's manipulative. Wait, what are you doing? What's going on? What are you doing here? I'm starting to have a feeling. I have a, oh, ah, ah, no, I don't like this. Well, I, I guess my point is some of them certainly are desperate, but yeah. when you see videos of a guy like shoveling stuff into a garbage bag, that's not desperation. But again, this is what you do, Tim. You return to anecdotal examples We're when I'm trying people. to talk about. We're talking about just the 300 people. I, I, and I am talking about. Which is about, the anecdotal uh, evidence. What, what 300 people? He said the same. By the way, he's not willing to learn. I, I brought, but they did the same thing to me. I brought up fucking what is the biggest form of theft? I was I was like, gentlemen, the biggest form of theft, it's not even comparable. I was like, it's, it's we're looking at a teeny little bump in terms of like, you know, burglaries, car break-ins, uh, personal uh, theft, stuff like that. What's the major? The Wage theft. But by, it's like, it, again, not even comparable. We're not even talking fucking, you know, apples to oranges here. We're talking completely different. We're talking apples to Bernie Madoffs, okay? That is that is what is going on here. I showed them the stats. I showed them the numbers. And they're like, yeah, but what is that really? What, what is wage theft? I was like, wage theft can encompass a variety of different things. It's not paying your employees uh, properly, not paying them overtime. It's garnishing their wages. It's taking their wages for whatever. We're just simply not paying them at all sometimes. That can also happen. Bosses stealing from their employees, stealing their wages in a variety of forms, overtime, hours not giving them enough stuff you name it that, that's the majority of theft in america there is no cops for that it's not fucking there's no tv shows for that you know bad boss bad boss what you're gonna do garnish the wages again yeah kind of i just want to keep on ripping off it's not 300 people the ones committing the crime i said right, right. third these, of the shoplifting these specific in individuals are doing it for profit okay so we should have a system of mass incarceration because there are 300 oh, I because I, i'm talking <laughs> to you now there are 300 repeat offenders no no we should incapacitate re repeat offenders so they stop offending
Got so it. If so you're this is all about the fact that you're, you're not in favor of bail reform because we, in, in New York State, which is now currently being rolled back, in, uh, we decided that we weren't going to require cash bail for nonviolent felonies and for misdemeanors. And you think that that's a good policy? To not require cash bail? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, think, or, that, I think or that 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 we're rolling it back. I think, think I think policy. look, if if you're concerned about people not being able to get out of jail because of their financial means, then I can understand reducing or even eliminating the cash bail system. Because I understand if you don't have a lot of money, even though you really only have to throw down ten percent for bail. In- oh shit! Okay, is this a a ground? Like I'm I'm more concerned with actually achieving things like eliminating cash bail, especially in New York of all places where Rikers Island is a horror show. So if this is a, a ground where the right is soft or malleable or, you know, clay-like, then holy fuck, we got to move on this. Uh, like, if that's where they're at, um, because goddamn, yeah, please. In most cases, unless it's a, you know, like a set figure for the bond, then I get that argument. But what you need, and the state of New York desperately needs this, is some kind of threat assessment. Like, you should be able to hold somebody if they present themselves as a danger or repeat offender. Well, even then, if 10%, like, for some of these people, 10% could be a lot of money. 10% could be $2,000. Who the fuck just has $2,000 sitting in their bank account just by, oh, the rainy day fund in case I ever need to post that bail? It's just, like, it's an inhumane system to have a place like Rikers Island where human beings are actively being tortured while they await their day and if they're innocent this is fucking inhumane on the highest levels this is just crimes against humanity you're just actively having a torture center where you're torturing innocent people who happen to be heavily racialized they're mostly brown and black people who are in rikers islands like that's fucked if we understand that we know it we can observe it then we need to stop it because again we don't want to be part of that experiment years from now it's like you guys just tortured people but you didn't have to regardless of bail without bail so that they don't continue to reoffend. Okay, but do you know what happens when people are held in Rikers, for example, as in a pre-detention center? How many deaths have happened there before they're even committed? Yeah, of a, lose their jobs, their homes, their relationships. Again, that's an issue for how the jailing Kimbo's system works list, in New York you. City. And I am in favor of building out the jail capacity. Because You're talking about cash bail, though. That is exactly, uh, yes, that is exactly yeah, the point yeah. that we're discussing here. Yeah. Right. So you're in favor of people being held before they're convicted of a crime yes. in Rikers. If, Even though if there they are show deaths, a propensity to reoffend, 100%. What is a propensity to reoffend? Um, a history, like being arrested over and over again, prior convictions. Yes. So go. you think that they should be held in a prison that has been. It's a jail, pro- but yes. Uh, yeah, or jail, excuse me. A jail that has been proven to be one of the worst conditions in the country. Well, it doesn't have to be Suicides, specifically Rikers Island. Dozens of deaths just this year. Even if they haven't been committed of a crime, convicted of convicted a crime, convicted of a crime. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. But I think, but I th- that's again, it does take like years and years of dehumanization. Society sets you up pretty decent. We're all going to have a lot of racism programmed into ourselves, you know. Just by the time you get to that point where you want to become politically active, but by that point to get there to be like, hey, by the way, we've got a situation where there are thousands of people who are being caged caged and tortured and in some cases murdered uh while they wait their day to find out whether or not they are innocent they they have not been proven guilty they are innocent until proven guilty in the american system unfortunately this one disproportionately falls along the lines of poverty and when it comes to areas in new york where people are over policed happens to be predominantly black neighborhoods so we have a lot of black people in cells and they are poor and they cannot afford their bail whereas the rich counterparts can and do not have to suffer or die while they wait to prove whether or not they're innocent 
just like that. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, for the benefit of society, obviously. It's very anti-constitutional and anti-democratic. How is it anti-constitutional? Um, the Fourth Amendment. It violates the Fourth Amendment. Protects you from illegal search and seizures. Well, I mean, you are the, the right to a speedy fifth? trial. People are true? held. I do I'm think, sorry, Fifth Amendment. Yes, I do think we should I, have I, reform I, I, yeah, on the joke. on the speedy trial side. But the idea that it's unconstitutional to hold somebody pre-trial is ridiculous. Our law is based on English common six. law. Six, damn. <laughs> uh, six, yeah, we're all. Bad. Our law is yeah. based on English common law, and the reason we have jails is that you would actually be held in a dungeon awaiting trial. So it's like built into the system. Bail is like a courtesy. It's actually a how did those words just leave your lips and at no point you realized, oh shit, this is kind of barbaric medieval stuff we shouldn't base our current systems off of. Like when you say that out loud, I'm like, oh yeah, that's wild. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. Is is there not a better way? <laughs> Progressive reform in response to that, where you lay down some kind of capital in place of yourself. How so much the idea money do you want to spend on jails in New York City? As much as it takes. So just warehousing people before they're convicted of anything. Well, it, yeah. again, it's not warehousing everybody, but if you have a propensity. To See, uh, that's true, though. He's right. I mean, he's he's actually quite satisfied with the fact that it's predominantly black and brown people. And, and that to him, I guess, is accomplishing some goal. Reoffend. I think judges should be able to have judgment. It's kind of in the name and assess these it's people the and name. hold them. So you just want to give it to the judgment of the judges. And it doesn't... Yes, I would like the judges to have judgment, yes. Okay, but there <laughs> should be guardrails in place to prevent judges from... I mean, judges are human beings. Right. Judge Dredd, he lives in a comic book. Beings. They can be unjust as well. I don't really put them well, on you the pedestal obvi Obviously, I'm not in favor of like a million-dollar bond for somebody who's arrested for shoplifting, even if they're arrested 27 times. So, yeah, you can have guardrails from the legislature, but... There's a lot of people who are awaiting trial at Rikers who have no priors. That's is that not fucked if they're if they're just basically determining whether or not they're going to be proven innocent, but they have to stay in Rikers in the meantime because they can't afford their own bails. Like, is that going to be in the purview of? Well, I mean, we have to assess whether or not they could reoffend. Well, what they about can't offend? assess dangerousness right now in the state of New York? They assess it in ways. The reason we put this law into place, which is now being rolled back, that were deemed inherently racist. They How deem so? that. It was uh, disproportionately black and brown people who are okay, but how's that racist though? Because at their discretion, it was put into it was implemented in a racist way. It's but if the you same look at the crime statistics, they're well, disproportionately there you go. So, then, so, so, black you're, and so this is what the I told you this was going to go here. I knew it. It's only a matter of time with actual justice warrior, by the way. Is this like specifically why? Like, I don't know why Tim Pool doesn't just want to have his, you know, one on one debates, even though he's like the left refuses to debate me. But every single time it's like, all right, well, I got to bring on other people. And so why you got to bring on AJW? But either way, here we are. Reality is for you is you believe that black and hispanic people inherently are committing when did i say inherently crimes. i mean th this if is you pull up like nypd crime data for instance since you brought up stop and frisk you can look at the shootings like the shooting suspects in any given year and if you find me a year where 92 percent or greater is not black or hispanic in terms of the shooting suspects then then i mean i would be shocked because i've looked at it oh, for the, the past suspects. 20 years so yes yeah, suspects the cops discretion so no you no it's you get the thing with race realists, it's only ever a matter of time. It's it's just a matter of time. A report, right? And you get a description of the suspect, and they are ninety two percent every single year or above black or Hispanic. Can I can I tell you guys a very famous New York story? There was a black cop, and uh, he went to Central Park and started giving out tickets to white couples having picnics and drinking wine. 
And he said, public alcohol consumption is a crime in the city. And he started giving these uppity yuppies tickets. Right. He got in serious trouble. The reason he did it was because the cops would go into the black neighborhoods and give people drinking 40s on their stoops tickets. And he said, how can how can these people at their own homes on their own porches get a ticket for drinking booze? Then when I go into Central Park and say, we're going to apply the same standard, I get in trouble for it. So New York's got serious problems. Even even uh, Bloomberg, like that guy's awful. He made a he made a bunch of like, I, I'm, I'm but, not going to say but that. The reason, I just want to cut you off because you mentioned Bloomberg. And I- what? the fuck does this have to do with anything like cool story bro are, are, are we having a, d- a discussion or a debate here or are we just fucking doing fucking uh drag queen story hour i want to respond to what you said under bloomberg 90 percent of the stop and frisks that were done were by the way they didn't find anything but 90 percent targeted black and brown people so it's you're taking so the, the you're highest taking, number no, no, by no, the way no, no, is 86 no, no. percent not 90 percent but go ahead the data you're taking the data and using what the cops did where they over-police in certain areas and then pretending like there's an overrepresentation inherently criminal. It's so wild that he would bring up stop and frisk. Like everything we know about stop and frisk now knows that it was heavily racialized, did not res- uh, result in anything other than the over-policing of, again, racialized communities, right? Uh, in 2009, black and Latino people in New York were nine times as likely to be stopped by the police compared to white residents. The strategy was used with such intensity that officers in the Brooklyn neighborhoods of Brownsville conducted 52,000 stops over eight square blocks between January 2006 and March 2010, the equivalent of one stop for each resident every year. The arrest rate was more uh, was less than 1% of the 14,000 residents. The policy resulted in a series of lawsuits by black and Latino men. Uh, one man, Nicholas Pert, described being held at gunpoint on his 18th birthday as an officer passed his hand over the young man's groin and buttocks before leaving without an explanation. One in five times he had been stopped by the police. Essentially, I incorporated into my daily life a sense that I might find myself up against a wall or on the ground with an officer's gun in my head. For a black man in his 20s like me, that's just a fact of life in New York. I remember when I was living in fucking Flatbush, New York, and it like it blew my mind how that's the most cops I've ever seen in my life. Like every other fucking block had like not just one cop, it would be like five or six or they'd have like little stations. There was even these like cranes, these white cranes that would like fucking lower and, and, and raise and had fucking like police officers in them. And I was like, I just, this seems like such an overly policed neighborhood. Criminally in those current kinds of populations and it's, it's okay. a racist argument. So you're wrong in a bunch of different ways. So let me just like run through them. So first and foremost, the highest year was 86%. And that was the year with the dramatic increase in stops. And if you ask me if I'm in favor of just expanding stop and frisk, which is different from Giuliani's stop, question and frisk, although, you know, you might not be interested in that specific difference to the levels that Bloomberg did, I would say it's unnecessary. It aggravates people. It creates a whole bunch of problems. That being yeah, said, well they're not over-targeted that. because, that was, again, was there racist, is no was year during the entire policy. tenure of Bloomberg where the shooting suspects were any less than 92%. So what the NYPD does, because it's the most data-driven police force in the entire world, is they map crime through a system called ComStat. When there's a lot of shootings in a specific area, they send the police to those areas. The stops, questions, and frisks all relate to where the shootings are, and it just so happens to be those areas are Black or Hispanic. Right, but, and but, by the but num- do you get accosted on the street by cops regularly in New York City? I, it happened to me when I was younger, yes, but like not okay. now. Okay. But do you understand? But, but how to your point about hit rate, how... because you brought. Sorry, what accosted? What did you say hi to a police officer as as your parents walked by? Were they like wave, wave to the brave man in blue who protects us, who guards us in the night? He, the true hero, the blue knight. Is that what happened? She said accosted. Yeah, like racially profiled, pulled over, suddenly searched without questioning. 
maybe even a little sexually assaulted, that kind of shit. The kind of stuff that, you know, black people in New York describe in vivid detail quite frequently. Doesn't happen to me. I was never stopped and searched in Flatbush. I was never profiled in Flatbush. I was like the one white guy in that entire fucking neighborhood until fucking tourist season came in and then a whole bunch more white people came in. But otherwise, yeah, no, I was not racially profiled there. Just gonna say. It up. Hit rate was not the goal of stop, question, and frisk. Like, this is one of the things where you're yeah. like, oh, well, this program didn't work because my standard that I look for are... You remember if it happens, six in your mind doesn't go away. Like, I, like the fact that he's just so willing to be like, no, yeah, I had an encounter, okay? Like, yeah, what was your encounter? I, I bet you it was, like, it was his parents being like, wave at the brave police officer. Look at the heroes. They're boys in blue. Trarily shows that it was ineffective. That's like saying a plane doesn't work because it's not a good submarine. No, it's like, not that doesn't arbitrary. make any sense. 90% of the stop and frisk came up with nothing. True, but the point was to so deter say, the say carrying of firearms. Say, have you done well, illegal drugs in your life? Uh, maybe. I just, I, I have, I have. I could have been stopped and frisked. And I could have gone to prison or I could have been held if I had a little bit less money in Rikers indefinitely until my trial came because a cop just decided, hey, I'm going to stop and frisk you. But they wouldn't do that to me because I'm a white woman. Uh, that's nice. Well, but me, anyway, it's just... about shooting. No, and the point of the program. No, it's, and... not... it's about shooting. It's about the murders, the killings. Yeah. And there's no white killers. The white people are the pure one. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I agree with some people in chat. Like, why does he get the time of day? Because he speaks with a level of confidence. Again, he loves, like, he's done videos on me where he keeps using the term Dunning-Kruger, right? And it's ironic because of all people, like, him and Tim, like, they're a good duo in that they both have these levels of confidence in things that they're just, they, like, they're so categorically wrong. Like, just so profoundly categorically wrong. <laughs> and you're like, you, you have, like, you, you've, like, all of it, again, is the best way I could word it, is that it feels like it comes from a right-wing think tank. It feels like these are the best talking points of right-wing think tank that they've cobbled together. However you've ingested it, whether it be through PragerU videos, whether it be through watching a bunch of guests on TimCast or something like that, you've ingested this version of the world where you can now cherry-pick all these different isolated pieces of data, which, yes, numbers-wise, you're not making it up that say there was a huge amount of crime and that started to plummet after the 1990s right you, you can look at the numbers and statistics and bring that up but then what do you use to try and uh convey through all that information this is shaded DMs. quite literally to deter people from carrying illegal firearms and, 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 and i'm gonna it 100 percent are you in favor of gun control um, mm. <laughs> I'm, this, this I'm, not, okay. I'm a, okay. I'm a New Yorker, so, we, we so I'm not it, like we, a big gun no, no, guy. No, 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 but problem, let me. This, this is my point. We've got to target guns, I'm gonna, and that's why. Stop yeah, you definitely got to target guns. I'm going to agree with Emma, sure. but Emma's not going to agree with me. The idea that the police can decide nice. to arbitrarily stop people because they might be carrying a firearm violates the second and fourth amendments. Well, again, stop and frisk is completely unconstitutional. Well, that's why fourth amendment was in my mind. Well, again, it's it's it's. Seamus is insufferable off camera as he is on camera. To be honest, he's actually like very nice off camera like i i i just i i'm not gonna lie to you i don't have to i don't have to lie to try and be like yeah he's a fucking he's an asshole bro and then i was like yo bro what up and then he like he flexed and i was like what you gonna step and then like i fucking push my shit back threw my shit out and then he was like oh what and then we had a draw off because we're both cartoonists and then we pulled paper out and they were like yeah fuck this bro and i like had mine up and then he was like oh that hurts me and then he showed me mine i was like oh that hurts me too it was fucking it was wild bro it's wild yeah it was crazy shit went down man
You're supposed to stop question and frisk, and usually no, no. it's based on reasonable suspicion. And they're supposed that what, to I'm bearing arms. They're supposed under the Constitution? to. They're supposed to follow the Terry standard. I they, they, they this idea that because a particular group of people may be carrying guns, we're going to go start stopping a whole bunch of them. I'm like the Constitution protects our right to keep and bear arms in the first place. So now you're violating. You're using the sec. You're you're ignoring the Second Amendment and using that as as uh, and and by ignoring it now you're violating the Fourth Amendment. I mean this is it's absolutely well. This, this is why I'm actually critical of Bloomberg expansion of the program because the way it used to work is that if you had a shooting suspect, you would have a description. You'd send cops to the area and they would stop people with that description, ask them questions. And if there was reasonable suspicion, they would conduct a search. This is why under Giuliani, the maximum amount of stops in a year in, you know, New York City of 8.5 million people was 90,000 people. And under Bloomberg, it was something like 700,000, maybe 800,000 people. So he he uh, dramatically expanded the program to the point where I do think it was constitutionally violative. So you are kind of to the right of Donald Trump on this, who has been releasing nonviolent offenders. Per, or yeah, oh no, Donald president. Trump's first step act is absolutely terrible. It sets up a bunch of incentives. Well, I mean, that, you're that further right than I'd imagine a ton of this le- audience is. I mean, that, that's fine. That's, that's like, I'm not here that's to. Extremist. I'm not here to win over the audience. Well, I will win over the audience because I'm correct. But no, yeah, right. this is mostly moderate. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's because they mostly all agree with you. Like, I, is it still going? You can see the way everyone's been talking, right? Um, Tim Pool needs a dad. Uh, Surf got the same treatment. His stance on crime is mind insane. She would get kinky with kids. What? 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 Well, but Donald, I, uh, Donald Trump's first step act had a lot of language about going soft on youthful offenders. And that's one of the reasons why a huge portion of the increase in homicide that we're seeing is among young men and specifically among young black men in this country. I, I yeah. want to uh, bring your guys' attention to this. Uh, what a weird thought to have. Because there's a lot that everybody. it shows. I know it's just murders. Right. But we're talking about you mentioned something about the 60s. For some reason, in 1962 to 64, we start seeing, in, in, from 1962 onward, a ridiculous spike in the uh, murder rate offenses per 100,000 population. I don't know exactly why. We can see around 1990, it starts to decline rapidly. There's a couple interesting points there. Uh, this is U.S. murder rate. So New York City's broken window policing has nothing to do with it. This is the entirety of the country. Mm-hmm. This could be one of two things. We uh, when when the, the leaded gasoline that was that what eighties right? We I got, believe so. Yeah, we were getting rid of and it. And the mm-hmm. last truck, I think, for trucks, it was the nineties. But this also coincides with one of the, if not the largest economic expansion. Or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that now because who knows how, how you define it with, with the pandemic and all that stuff. But we had a, a massive year, violent uh, crime. Uh, economic boom in the nineties. So this would interestingly correlate with the idea that as people started to get more things, like they started to, their lives started to improve, crime, murder rates started to drop dramatically. Yeah, and and I would say that there was, that was a temporary kind of sugar high based on neoliberal policies of Reagan and uh, uh, Clinton, Mm. where there was a lot of money that was um, released back into the public because of massive tax cuts. I mean, we can talk about confiscatory taxation if you'd like and the top marginal tax rate and it's true the correlation does not equal causation but there has been quite a few studies looking into this and this is basically the average lead in preschool child's blood and then violent crimes for 100,000 people of course it's not one-to-one of course but like there is a, a very clear you know what is looking to be at the moment uh a correlation not a causation you know the top marginal tax rate in 1961 it's funny that you brought up that 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 figure 1960 
it's 91% compared to 37% so now. Um, but it like they're down it, in the 60s Re or? Reagan cut a bunch of taxes during that time period and a lot of people got an well, influx in cash crime and then did drop. It, sorry <laughs> crime did drop <laughs> well right but that was temporary that was temporary right. and then the income inequality kind of set in and the rich got richer and the poor got poorer and that's mostly right. interest what I'm I, interested in talking about on my program let me uh, uh, show you guys something which will add some context to the current cool, crime spike so you see right here, this uh, drop off after about, it looks like about 2007, there's a major drop off in murder and then it spikes in 2014. The problem with a chart like this is that it doesn't account for technology. The reason the murder rate declined in 2007 was cell phones. So when cell phones became ubiquitous, the ability to call emergency services became instantaneous. So when people were victims of violent crime, you had emergency service notified immediately. And so this resulted in a drop in the murder rate, but not in a drop, a drop in violent crimes, not a direct correlation, meaning crime had been going down, but the murder rate dropped more than violent crime in general because people weren't dying. They were being stabbed, they were being robbed, they were being shot, and they were living. That's not murder. So it wasn't counted as murder. Well, we, we have it. We there is a chart, by the way, that you can look at because that actually pairs recessions with this murder chart. And again, the correlation is not really there. And as far as New York, you say that it's as close to causation as you can get. It's also it's it's been well documented and understood. Like there's articles in multiple, you know, prominent uh, magazines about this. Forbes, how led caused America's violent crime epidemic starting in the 1960s. America saw a huge increase in levels of violent crime. The peaks in the 1990s and steadily declined and continued to decline today. All kinds of theories have been promulgated about uh, to explain the peak and declining crime and plenty of politicians in the 1990s like to take credit for it, of course. But in, I'd like to personally consider it to be a tour de force of journalism. Kevin Drum of Mother Jones summarized all the available research. All of it points to one simple idea. Violent crime rose as a result of lead poisoning because leaded gasoline. It declined because of lead abandonment uh, policies, as well as uh, lead paint that was used, again, predominantly within black, indigenous, and Hispanic communities. Uh, and that also can add to the overrepresentation of those communities within the criminal justice system. But that's not the only factor. There's a lot of other factors, including disproportionate levels of poverty, which do contribute towards crime, and over policing. Of those communities especially for people who are non-violent drug offenders because again black people white people everyone loves drugs okay you know what we're, we're here's here's a good idea as to why uh race is a social construct because because we, we all enjoy the drugs had nothing to do with broken windows policing this that, is actually no, no, that map economics suggests uh that it was because of roe v wade but there hasn't actually been any demonstrable like um correlation uh sorry causation there it's just been one of those correlation things um but uh, the, it's a multitude of factors and yes lead does play a very large and significant one especially for the overwhelming uh rise in both crime violent crime and then uh complete and utter like you know plummeting of it uh and that's why so many politicians like to take credit for it they like to take credit for their policies they and a lot of those are short term policies that would not have those kind of dramatic effects specifically it was the u.s so yeah no no i know but that's policing. you said it had nothing to do with broken windows policing but that assumes that there isn't a greater decrease in crime in new york than nationwide which is not the case there was a greater decrease in the city of new york like chicago had a decline too but chicago's homicide rate which is almost on par with the city of new york is six times higher per capita than the city of new york and in terms of raw numbers it's double, even though they're at a third of the population, which is the same thing that I just oh. said with different math. So just, New York I, became the safest big city and our crime rate actually declined. And in fact, Freakonomics actually attributes this to the legalization of abortion, which happened in the city of New York pre um, Roe versus Wade. It was one of the six states that had it legal electively. 
So this is like a known thing that people have talked about and speculated on what the result is. Now, also for the environmental Wait, point. Wait, can I just ask that, you a question about that? Sure. What does the connection to a, what does crime That's what have Freakonomics says that the legalization of abortion and they compare it to um, uh, Ceausescu, whatever country he was the dictator of. They say that that correlates with crime because they say all these unwanted children end up being born and then they end up committing crime. Well, that crime. is certainly a claim. So that's how that works together then. You're saying that abortion should be illegal uh, for that reason? No, no, no. It would be legal abortion leads to less unwanted children being born. And again, you're so smiling, you but I, I, I made, well, I'm actually pro-choice, but uh, okay. not for this reason. But you're smiling. But the thing is, this is what was proposed in Freakonomics. I actually disagree with their analysis. They leave a lot of things out. But so again, saying, my, I use that a, as an example to show a, that the New York decline did start before the national you're, you're decline. Just, I'm, just I'm almost positive that that study has been called into question. It is. It, just, just to clarify, you're yeah. saying more abortions meant lower crime? Is that what you're That's saying? That's what Freakonomics asserted. It's in their little movie mm -hmm. and it's in their original book. I think that makes sense. If you've got, uh, if you've got two parents... You've got one parent, they got a baby. That baby's getting food. You know, like you, you, you could have. So um, what's important for kids and kids uh, being raised is uh, apparently love, having a loving environment, a safe environment. And yes, having security, housing, food and stuff like that contributes towards it. I, I brought up Freakonomics earlier. I didn't know they were going to go down that road. Um, this has actually not been substantiated. Uh, it, it's not considered to just generally be an accepted part of why this phenomenon occurred, especially amongst uh, statisticians, people who actually studied this kind of stuff, sociologists. That's it, it, it was a it was a one of those correlation does not equal causation things. They looked at stuff uh, and they, they tried to say that this explains it. No job. You could be homeless. Someone's going to find. That, well, that you know what I would love to, to decrease desperation in terms of uh, families in this country. I'm not sure if you've talked about it a ton on your program, Tim, but uh, we should have made the child tax credit permanent that we expanded in the Agreed. 2021 American Rescue Act. We uh, can you explain we, what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a, a tax credit that you, that was in place. But during the pandemic, it was expanded to be a monthly payment. It also the uh, amount was increased, so it was up to thirty six hundred a month for six and under, three thousand for six to seventeen, and then uh, it, it also was expanded to include people who had, who had too little income to qualify previously. We cut child poverty by nearly in half instantly, and I the reason that we don't have it is because the entire Republican Party and Joe Manchin and Cinema essentially nixed it. But yeah. this is the kind of stuff that's possible in this country to make people less desperate. If you want less crime, make society a broader, uh, more beneficial place for people Social with a safety bigger net. safety net so yeah. people don't have to turn to desperation. Well, I, 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 real, real quick, this is the crazy thing. So I, I, I think the only people who disagree with that are establishment Republicans, like the prominent Republican sure. Party members. I, but I, you, I, you should talk well, about it more the on the show. I, mean, I, I think that what after uh, I'll, I'll go extreme with it. If a, if a peep, if after a second kid, no more taxes, income tax, zero, have two kids, no taxes. I mean, I, I know that None. there have been certain proposals. Um, what is with the breeding fetish of all these motherfuckers? Like, OK, there's other uh, situations where people might be impoverished, not just people who have parents. And don't get me wrong. I'm completely fine for there being huge amounts of social safety nets for parents, and specifically for people who have kids. There should be something to be able to help them with daycare, uh, child care. Uh, there's a lot of things like it's virtually unaffordable to have children in major cities now unless you're incredibly wealthy and have a very robust like healthcare system already shit like that um but i think he's just he's, he's just memeing like he, he likes to play like hey I, I'm, I'm not as right wing as you think every single time leftist comes on the show you know in places like hungary 
that yep. are like that, but they are heavily, heavily tilted towards heterosexual families as opposed to True. if a gay couple wants to adopt or have children. True. I would if I, I'm, I'm I, I don't agree with that because I want more taxation, frankly, so that we could have socialized health care. We could have a college for all act, which honestly you could pay for with a tax on Wall Street speculation. It would be incredibly easy. It's only 48 billion a year, which is less than the military budget increase that we did in 21 to 22, which was around 71 billion dollars. Um, I, I want to do that kind of stuff. And so getting rid of income tax, that wouldn't I would not be in favor of it. No, for but if, if, if you want to create tax incentives for families so that they can raise their kids and yeah. they aren't in poverty, I am all for that, Tim. The, but the, the to, to your point about nobody would disagree, I would 100 percent disagree with that, because, again, I don't want tax there, credits for people that babies. There yeah. is not a demonstration that these policies kind of that these work in reducing crime. In fact, we see well, the opposite. If you put up that homicide chart. It starts increasing but, during the war on poverty, which is the greatest but, 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 increase in. It's but, sorry, go ahead. It, 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 not talking about crime. In, in <laughs> Man, wow! Actual justice warrior, have you gone so off the rails that even Tim Pool right now is just like, uh, bruh, <laughs> bruh, come on. He was she said if you wanted to deal with crime, this is how. Well, you I'm do trying it. to connect it to this, but like, right, right, but, yeah. but, in the broader I sense, I think. I think the most important thing to take away from this here is that. Every single Republican voted against the American Rescue Act and the expanded child tax credit. There is one party that is, look, it's not but good enough. Saying, I'm, I'm, I'm more obviously in the Bernie Sanders wing. I have, but real, real have quick. deep, deep disagreements with Hillary Clinton-esque um, neoliberal politicians. But yeah, it's the Democratic saying, Party in favor of policies that are going to be helping there, people there are, on a day-to-day -day basis like this. The Republicans voted against a broad bill that included one thing in it. Is that what happened? Yeah, but they also fought tooth and nail about the against actual specifically. child tax credit. Yes. This was a part of the Inflation Reduction Act negotiations as well. They were not in favor of that, too. And Joe Manchin, your senator, right? We're here in West oh, Virginia. Awful. We hate him. I mean, you got to like, I mean, you're you're a celebrity here, right, Tim, in West Virginia. You should call on Joe Manchin and say, hey, why don't you do this? Why are you not in favor that, of child tax? Joe Manchin is Hell neoliberal yeah. totally. to perfection. It's like that nobody in, the, in West Virginia wants the guy. Right. I mean, and he's for, very unpopular. For, for, right. That, right. That's not true. He's actually the most popular politician in West Virginia history. Go though, talk to some people is, in West Virginia. I'm sure you could find people. His find old, people. Dude, I, I, I get right here. Listen, numbers are in the tank right I'm, I'm in right wing nut job territory. Listen, no, this guy lost his mind. I get why maybe, you're against him. Maybe because, four years ago he was popular because the state, uh, like for, for whatever reason, but people are not happy with him today. Tim I've not met right a this. single person here who likes him. I mean, they might be upset with him now, but he No, he's tanking been... and polling numbers in hypothetical I mean, matchups. No, Manchin is one of the, the most Senate. unpopular. That's absolutely a fact. West Virginia, 86% Trump supporting state. Yeah. They, all of those people despise him for obvious reasons. But then you go and meet some of the more moderate, don't really care, middle of the road people. And they're just like, what happened to that guy? And and so, look, man, I can I see what you're saying, but I, I'm telling you. like, Sorry, is everything that... <laughs> Actual justice warriors, you can't, can't win in this one. 11% of registered voters said they had positive views of the West Virginia Democrat. Wow. Americans just hate Joe Manchin across the board. Like, no, I get why you're I, against him. Because it's, not, it's, not, it's not about me. I'm saying like, West Virginia's we'll go hang out any one of these. And this is the panic. Justice tops mentioned by 22 points. Twenty-two points! Holy shit! Margin of error of ten points. Still schools. <laughs> and don't get me don't get me wrong, but I'm even. We were hanging out in Charleston, oh, uh, wow. five hours from here, 
Not a single person I've oh, ever yeah, met in West Virginia is like, I like that guy. Not one. I've talked to people who are like, who, who have told me in West Virginia that they don't like Trump. They would rather have DeSantis. And then they say, Manchin's got to go. He's got to go. We got to get somebody else. He's awful. Because he's like, he's he's not a Democrat or a Republican at this point. It's like he's a corporate, He's, a, he's that, that that's it. It's like he's of the corporate party. He, well, he doesn't seem to be he, catering he has, to anybody. He has a fine line to walk, in my opinion, to hold a state like this as a Democrat. And this, like, I get, I get why she, being more progressive, doesn't like him. But he's like one of the only Democrats that could have won here. Which is why when they tried running a progressive in the primary, like that person got slaughtered by him. Man, like, Manchin, so, it's, but it's, I get why you would want to replace Jim, him. Jim, I want to replace him. The Republicans lost the Senate. Jim Justice is very likely. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I just want to point this out. I, I, off the top of my head, I think Manchin's numbers are like 55% disapproval right I don't, now. I can't see him winning. I mean, yeah. look, I don't know for sure. I'm not psychic, but mm. everyone I talk to, it's or like you've got, um, I think it's, uh, who is it, Mooney, potentially, and um, Jim Justice. But Jim Justice seems very likely to get it. We'll right. see. I don't know for sure. Well, you brought, up, you brought up Trump and DeSantis in West Virginia. I'm curious because uh, I saw, Tim, you know, you've been like upset a little bit about how DeSantis has been or maybe not upset okay no 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 no. no. oh you're pissed (laughs) all right so 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 I'll I'll characterize it as you're a little pissed at how DeSantis has been using those AI images of Trump uh Trump used three of them one time yeah what what I mean can you expand on that that thought Ron DeSantis's team in order to smear Donald Trump ran fake images of him kissing and hugging Fauci alongside real images and then wrote real life Trump over the top right and it's one thing to play politics, which I despise. When you get someone being like, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi voted against this act. It's like the Saving Puppies Act, but it's actually a bill that like cuts taxes for oil companies or the inverse where it's like, you know, uh, insert Republican voted for whatever. I, I despise all of that. But mm-hmm. actually fabricating images, shrinking them down and placing them alongside real images and then writing real life Trump on it. Can you pull up the image so I can see it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is that kind of the core of your, are, are you, would you say as of now, if you were to vote today, you'd be voting for Trump? Yeah. Um, but that's the core of your disagreement? So, oh, there's a lot more than that. Here, take a look at this. This is, this is, as I, I, I feel like this is campaign ending. I feel like this. <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, it's funny the, to me. It's, the manufacture it's silly, but... of fake images to trick <laughs> people into voting for someone is Look, this is the open door. Um, I am I the only one who knew which ones were fake? Because like, you know, we could cover some of these things up. Like, even, even if I went like this, you know, don't know if anyone's going to tune in just in time for this not to already be revealed. But if I went like that, you know, if I went like this, but you'd, you'd probably be able to guess, right? It's not, not, not too outrageous. I I don't remember Trump like passionately kissing him on the nose. Passionately kissing him on the the side of the the ear here, or passionately kissing him on the 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 forehead here, you know, just giving another. I don't remember that happening. I mean, maybe it did. It was a it was a different time back then. Ron DeSantis decided to be the person to stick his foot over the line and say, "We will manufacture." And don't get me wrong. In theory, yes, you should, I, I think it is uh, duplicitous if you were going to try and pass off fake pictures as real photos uh, in any method uh, as a politician, of course, right? Uh, also, this is a non-issue for me in terms of like I don't think this is really going to turn the tides of an election. You know, I'm not like this was the moment. This was history in the making. This is politics. Your fake images to win. I mean, they do say that they're fake. Like I'm no, 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 no. But people this is would someone probably miss. They this. don't say it's fake. 
Oh, it says right there. Fake. This is an image calling out oh, okay. the fake graphics. They wrote real life. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> Actual justice warrior. Like, oh no, but the ad put fake in the corner. <laughs> Trump. And this is NPR circling the fake images to call them out. Right. They ran it as real life Trump. Now, I understand if you, if you scrutinize the images. This is going to be wild for like Emma. She's just sitting there in front of two children, right? Boys. Boys. <laughs> Can we talk about politics again? Can we do that thing? You can tell they're fake. This one says Mahehap Wems. Okay, yeah, that's not that's not English. Mm -hmm. And it's under the White House emblem. But when it's in a, Ooh, in, a in a video that's a minute long. Detective Beanie. And you pass this, I've already had people tell me that they they didn't realize it was fake. Right. And mm -hmm. I've already people say, I talked to my parents about it. They thought it was real. And so what the, the DeSantis uh, uh, fans are doing now is they're like, can you believe Tim actually thought those were real? <laughs> like, dude. If you want to play that game and call me stupid and insult me for calling out DeSantis's campaign for doing this, I literally don't care. It changes nothing of my moral stance that this stepped well over the line. Now, I got to be honest, I, I, you go back in time to the first time a politician lied and people were probably like, can you believe he actually lied to us? And we know that's bad and I hate all of it. But this is the next level. This is like, yeah, holy, well, it, well, it's what are who cares? Like, yeah, okay, call it out outside of that. Like, how is how is this really affecting your life to this degree? Not enough. They're right. all lying. Well, well, what's the core of your disagreement otherwise then? I mean, I because if, if, oh, if, if, it's, if it's with COVID, I would say I'm more on Trump's side with that kind of stuff. I liked Operation Warp Speed. Look, I would have done a little differently for giving away for giving away government money for vaccines <laughs> that we should have nationalized them and the well, intellectual property should have been waived so that everybody could have had access to it also in the publicly funded should be publicly owned. I, I'm in favor of that, Tim. The, so, I mean, that's one thing that I think Trump is better. And, and look, just DeSantis is frankly an anti-LGBTQ demagogue um, and that's yep. where I would I, I think Trump's less dangerous than is. DeSantis okay. like he, he is but I think it's more so the Florida <laughs> legislature that's doing it and then he's latching onto it because I think when it comes to real issues related to this stuff he's he's mum when it, I mean, when it, he's what, been anti-wokeness is the center of his campaign. Yeah. Oh, Trump, he's very he vocal about this. No, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. I Trump, like to say this wouldn't even send the National Guard against the Black Lives Matter rioters. That's yeah. that's a different question. That's that's not wokeness. That's like crime and, and law and stuff. DeSantis, it, I think, is it do any of you know what wokeness is at this point? I mean, wokeness just it seems like a fleeting vibe at any given time. Oh, I don't know. Well, how do I feel about this? Maybe a little oof, un, unwoke or maybe wokeified. I can't tell mostly surface level i i like a lot of his policies i think he's what he, do you like about his policies uh i mean at the beginning of covid it wasn't particularly good right he did a lot he did a lot of what everyone else did but to be fair i was i was very much like i guess i was very much uh you know thomas massey didn't want to do this big spending bill and i said this is this is crazy the economy like we don't know what's going on there are people dying we're seeing videos of people dying in the street and so i think Hindsight being 2020, I look back and I'm like, I probably should not have just gone along with all of that. That was probably stupid. Uh, Ron DeSantis did initially, but then changed and said, you know what? This is not making sense. We're reopening. And I think that made a lot more sense. It, it was I, also under extreme pressure. Like Andrew Cuomo was sure. the most promoted governor in the country and he was the most attacked. So DeSantis did did well into in uh, not the first, 
But he did well in uh, reopening things back up. But what policies do you like generally about him? I mean, besides the COVID stuff, what are the other policies like as governor? I mean, you think it's just the state legislature that's putting together these anti- I mean, I look, think it's mostly Tim, them you and, said and that there was a grooming it. event happening at Club Q uh, right. and that was after the shooting. Right? right. Which is essentially kind of saying, well, look, they had it coming a little bit. I mean, no. you, you didn't say that, but that's the I actually said, how do we prevent these things from happening? If people so. Fuck you, liar, liar. No, you said people were asking for a wood chipper. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? They were throwing a grooming event. You know what? I'm putting your fucking I'm putting your tweets on screen. I tweeted. So you actually seem pretty aligned with DeSantis on the absolutely on right. the answer. But I but I don't think it's him. I think it's the Florida legislature. And if DeSantis becomes president, you think Congress is going to vote for any of these things? As for the Club Q thing, uh, I fear this is going to get worse. People have been calling for putting pedophiles in wood chippers. Then someone goes and does this. It seems that around 10 p.m., Club Q posted they were having an all-ages drag show the next day. About two hours later, the shooter came in. People kept calling for wood chippers, and this is what happens. The grooming of children is not stopping. People are calling for more violence. I do not think legislators will stop the grooming. People will not stop calling for violence. So you tell me what happens next. We shouldn't tolerate pedophiles grooming kids. Club Q had a grooming event. How do we prevent the violence and stop the grooming? I said, if people keep saying wood chippers, what did you think was going to happen? Right. I am saying, stop saying these things. Saying what? People- oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Own your shit. All of you, you cowards. All of this shit over and over and over. Michael Knowles being like, oh, I didn't say I want to eliminate trans people. I said eliminate transgenderism from society. Like... When you say this shit, you know what you're saying. You don't get to fucking backpedal later and be like, oh, no, I'm saying people shouldn't say and talk about wood chippers and and putting, uh, you know, gays in wood chippers. That's a bad thing. No, you're saying people were throwing what you said was a grooming event. It wasn't. That was slander. That was libel. That was you lying about what was taking place. There was not a grooming event taking place. Holy fuck. And then afterwards to be like, well, hey, when they throw some grooming events, what do you think people are going to do? People are asking for violence. That happens. Now violence happens. Know what I'm saying? You don't get, like, this is the most cowardly shit. Holy fuck, this is cowardly. Just sit there and be like, I I was just trying to say that people shouldn't say those mean things, you know? People keep going online and going, wood chippers, wood chippers, wood chippers. You know what that means, right? For who, though? For for groomers. Right, okay. And I'm like, what do you think is going to happen if you go online and keep calling for death? Like, don't do that. You keep calling them groomers. Do not realize you're skipping a step here. Fuck you. Stop that, right? We want to stop. Child abuse, we want to stop violence. That's what we want. So that's why I hope you have dedicated so much of your program to talking about the Catholic Church. Because there is that is the institution in this country right now that is most associated with child abuse. And queer people, gay people, trans people, that is not a thing. What is your definition of child abuse? They're most associated, but they're actually not more abusive than any other religious institution. And they're not nearly as abusive as the public school system. No, no, no. I want to stay on this. And I also just... Where where are the books at? Where do they get moved to? Tim, though, what policies about DeSantis do you like in terms of his what he's running on for president? Culture war stuff, mostly. But I think think COVID policy... Hey, plug for the show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but what's the culture war stuff that you like? So, yes, but the reason why I've not been so last year, I was like, I think DeSantis is probably better for one simple reason. Uh, no, what stuff do you like now? What do you like that he's running on? Yeah, culture war stuff. Predominantly. But, but but can you expand on that notion? I think you, you want me to like pull up specific. I mean, I don't know. It's like you, you said fired, that you said that the, you uh, like certain things that you're leaning more towards Trump because of AI images. I would have hoped that 
there's a little bit more substance to your disagreement. Well, but every time I try and bring it up, you, 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 you just ask me the same question again. Because you're not answering you're my question. An so I'm trying to. Okay, go ahead. So uh, now where was I before you, you jumped back in? First, the culture war stuff is obvious, right? Parental rights and education bill. Yes, we, that one's fairly obvious. I don't know about the Disney stuff. That's kind of uh, absurd. What I was going to say is, let's go back in time to why I said I was the, for the, Ron DeSantis in the, the first wait, place. Wait, and why... Wait, the, don't get, the, you've named one thing so far. Was that it? That one bill specifically? Where I'm at now is not. The first thing was last year, I was having a conversation with the Daily Wire crew, and I said, Trump is brash. Many people don't like him. And uh, he won't shut up about 2020. He's a sore loser. Ron DeSantis, at the yeah, very least, is dry. I'll, I'll be honest. If I was to review, we're like an hour in, right? Yeah, we're just over an hour. Uh, oh, no, we're two hours in. Shit. Okay, never mind. We're almost two hours in. Um, either way, yeah, no, she's been fucking crushing. There's been, I think, oh, barely any weak moments. She didn't know one of the amendments at one point, but, like, whatever. Like, I wouldn't know that specific amendment right off the top of my head. Uh, that, and, like, at the beginning, uh, there was, like, a little bit of, like, um, you know, you know, maybe flexing. Kind of, like, the majority report actually cares about, like, real stories. And that's why we don't, like, you know, sell out like you do, Tim. So it was, like, a little hard out of the gates. But outside of that, like, she has been dominating this like constantly steering the conversation despite the fact that she has both like ajw on one side and tim pool on the other side doing what they do which is just like let's talk about the things we want to talk about at any given time instead of actually answering questions um but actually like focusing and hyper focusing it and then just fucking yeah she's doing amazingly and can get us something better than say joe biden i know but i'm still not really hearing Today. a specific policy right so his covet policy was correct okay Wait, these, but you these, just these said are, something are, with the beaches that yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, the that closure. One. You can bring it over. Like pre his presidential platform. Like, I don't what know are if the he's things? Got one. Does he? Okay, so you're. I, I've not been on his. On, I've not been on board with him. So we can look at what. And you said parental rights. I'm curious what you mean by that. Yeah, like um, I'm in favor of parental rights. Hey, eh? right? Like I want parents to be able to, if their child is transitioning, to be able to work with their doctor with a plan. And make sure that children are not being driven to suicidal ideation and that parents aren't restricted by the state from. Let's talk, let's talk uh, about one of his policies. From, from, okay, go ahead. I don't want parents to be restricted from the state right. from giving health care to their children. If I open this book yeah. on YouTube, the stream will get taken down. Okay. I have the same book behind me. We're going to talk about genderqueer because genderqueer is the one they love going to. Um, genderqueer is the coming of age story about a individual who happens to be asexual as well as agendered, but asexual as well. And the scene in question is them discovering their own asexuality. That's the book, and that's the scene. You've seen it. You've probably seen the photos. They like to blow them up and then put them into, like, this is the pornography they're trying to teach children in schools. This right here. You can see it. Look at it before you. This is a uh, fellatio, a hardcore pornographic scene. Um, no, the individual in question in that scene is actually wearing a plastic phallus. It is a dildo, a strap-on, if you will. It's not a real one. This is not a real penis, even illustrated oh, in the book. Yeah. It's a strap-on. And another individual is sucking on the strap-on. And then after that scene, the individual realizes that aim, I believe is, uh, yeah, aim is their pronouns. Aim is not interested in that kind of activity. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the controversy. This is like the big bad book. This is the one. This is the one that fucking Tulsi Gabbard was looking at Joe Rogan and was just like, you know, staring at him like this and was just like, it's some of the worst porn, like most hardcore pornography I've ever seen in my life, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't think that's true. 
I, I think you probably watched some pretty, pretty gross shit. Okay. Did you ever read this book? <gasps> this book is in middle schools in Florida. Ron DeSantis had it removed. That's one simple policy he did. That's very good. You've never seen this book? I've heard about it. Have you ever looked inside of it? No, but I mean, I, I don't believe in censorship. If so I show you I a picture of a blowjob, would you be offended? Um, I mean, <laughs> can I show you a picture of a blowjob? I, I wouldn't be offended. I mean, I no. think that, honestly, do you know, Tim, that the more children learn about sexual education in the way that's productive and done in schools, the less likely they are to be sexually abused because they know what is good and what I is can't bad. show this image on YouTube. Uh, do you hear me, though, about that? So I think the more children I think the learn issue is, about sexual education, the less likely they are to be victims of pedophilia and rape. I think that the issue is you're confusing sexual education with kink. Right. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this right now. I can't even hold it up because I can't point it at the camera. And uh, I don't understand why school children should be taught how to perform blowjobs for an auto androphile. I don't believe they're being taught that. The why was this was book banned? In- why was I, I don't I don't really know. Again, Amazon because said, this is right, another so, case by case example. No, no, no. You asked me about what Ron DeSantis did. You asked me what Ron DeSantis did that I liked. That he Here's banned a, gender queer. That he's he's removing pornographic and kink books from middle schools is a very, very good one. And I, I, I would I would. Uh, well, for me, my politics are a little broader than that, Tim, I got to say. You, so listen, if your argument to me is that I or anyone. Oh, he's not going to pull it out. So. I, too, have uh, genderqueer right here. Uh, genderqueer, it is an incredibly touching story, by the way. Absolutely incredible. Uh, in Genderqueer, Maya Kobabe has crafted an intensely cathartic autobiography about Air's path to identifying as non-binary and asexual and coming out to Air family and society. By addressing questions about gender identity, what it means, and how to think about it, the story also doubles as a much-needed, useful, and touching guide. Um, there's a lot of really beautiful parts in the story, especially um, where Air comes to terms with, like, you know, M's family and stuff like that and teaching family members pronouns and going through like a lot of difficult parts of there's life um it is the furthest thing from pornography i say this as someone who has um had sexual intercourse uh with uh women uh multiple women actually and i've also uh, had sexual encounters with uh, uh men as well uh, i'm just going to say that uh this is not pornography uh it is actually a very touching coming of age story about someone discovering aspects of themselves of which i do not directly relate to because i'm cis as fuck um and uh you know there's that and i am sexual i'm not asexual but um it's wonderful learning other people's uh, lived experiences coming of age stories are are, are quite uh, pleasant and honestly sexuality in terms of dominating this book is i want to put at less than kind of five percent ish of, of the entirety of the story there's a lot of other parts of the book besides that one scene and that one scene that you have maybe seen pictures of because again right-wing politicians like to point to it and and you know be like blah, 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 blah. um that's uh it's a artificial phallus. It's a strap-on that another individual is sucking the strap-on of and then realizing that they do not like to have sexual encounters. That's that's the part of the book. Um, the right has lost their minds over it. You know, it's it's like I, I when I bought it, I thought it was going to be a lot more sexual than it was based on the way the right wing is fucking talking about this shit. You know, but else should support your politics because you want to show blowjobs to children. You're going to lose. Well, I don't think that that is a policy done by teachers in this country. I think that this, this book is a was in schools in Florida. There which are a is ton why... of books that are in a ton of schools. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in censorship. That's not my bag. Buddy. So you think children should have Playboy? I don't really think. So. Again, like holy shit, is this really where this part's going to go? Um, yeah, Tim. Uh, as someone who has both looked at Playboy and has genderqueer here before me. That this is not pornographic. 
I I I would not use this as as material for uh, erotic stimulation. It, it's a coming of age story. It would actually be utterly bizarre and frankly pretty inappropriate to to do that. Um, what do you see right now? <laughs> Well, so you're fine with penthouse. What? What about triplexbooby.com? Bank, bank enthusiast. Can the children get a copy of that? So no, that's pornography. So you think Tim, a blowjob? You're job. in favor of censorship. Uh, I yes, you are, you absolutely. Are. Oh, that's good to know. If you watched mm. the show, you'd know this. Oh, you're okay. You're we pro talk censorship. about I am, how we're I am not. In, I right. one, I want children to be able to have all the information that they need in order to including make, pornography. No, that's not pornography. We we were we backup record everything, and uh, we're, we're still recording. I think I think I think we're back. We are back. Whoa. Okay. It's pretty stormy out. It broke your soul. It's stormy too. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's, it's, it's rainy. rainy. Yeah. Okay, I think we're live again. Okay. There we go. We're back. <laughs> yes. So the power, the power just, just fluctuated. Went out. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was have... God striking you down. That was Tim. the YouTube striking me down. You're the one arguing for. Uh... You're the one arguing you for censorship. Yes. I've, yeah. I've... I mean, I don't. I don't really. And it's very okay. First off, this is utterly bizarre. Just to be like, look at it. Look at it, Emma. Do you see it? Do you see the blowjob scene in my hands? Um. Without context, because again, Emma hasn't read this book, I have. I can tell you once again that the scene that Tim is referring to, yes, is a scene that has sexual connotations. Of course, it is about someone again discovering whether or not that this individual enjoys or does not enjoy sexual pleasure. And it turns out this individual does not enjoy sexual pleasure. That, that, that's that point of that moment in that scene in the book. That's, that's, and after that, there is not another sexual scene. There's also a scene that I, I don't know if the, the right-wingers bring this up that describes vividly and shows a, a lot of metaphors for the very concepts of having periods and period blood and, and the nightmare of, of one having period blood if one doesn't actually associate even with being uh, a woman or a girl in the first place and what that would be like and the, and the rivers and flow and like the whole thing. But like I never saw that and I was like, oh, God, gross, oh, biology, the human body functioning. Oh, I, was, I was like, it, I, that would be nightmare to me i i didn't i've never contemplated that before i would i would yeah that would be very horrifying to go through that experience mind that stuff i mean do you are you in favor of vi of children seeing violence on television no that scares me a little bit more. Uh, it depends depends it's not so simple to say violence right um but yes censorship is a good it's, al it's also not so simple just to say sex because it is a book about uh, asexuality discovering one's asexual the, the word is there asexuality yes thing but when done bad is a bad thing yeah uh for instance uh ian crossland who is a co-host on timcast irl used to be a moderator Ooh, for minds.com and he had to filter out graphic depictions of murder and, and and rape and child abuse censorship is absolutely vital in, in that in that regard so if we're talking about a book like uh in particular there was one called uh, there's a teacher who provided a book to her middle schoolers called This Book is Gay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have heard. That's provides, actually a very good book. And it provides instruction on children. for chil She provided instruction to children on how to use adult gay anonymous sex apps. Yeah, I don't think that's appropriate. Now, look, by all means, you can be in favor of them. Maybe she had a child. So, um, again, we went through this already, being disingenuous. Uh, that part of the book is about the fact that there are young teenagers who are going to use those apps and applications. The same thing was done to, I believe, the ex, uh, one of the ex heads of something at Twitter, where he was being talking about this, and he got slandered as a groomer and a pedophile, uh, specifically because he had written uh, a thesis long, long time ago about the fact that he is a gay man, and he was like, "Yes," and I have to acknowledge that as a gay man and young gay men, 
are looking for a sense of community, not just sexual community. Of course, that is a part of it. Everyone is horny and they are looking for sexual community as well, but they may just be looking for community community because they don't have that in their own circle, their own friends. They are the only gay person in, in, in their school that they know. Their parents won't accept them. They have nowhere to turn to. They go on the internet. They go into apps. They look onto places like Grindr because, uh, yes, maybe I am looking for uh, company and friendship and, and sure, maybe that could turn sexual. I don't know, but they could be taken advantage of by pedophiles or predators or, or people who are out to uh, to attack them. And so because that's a reality of the world in which we live, that we should acknowledge that this is a real world thing and we should do whatever we can to keep kids safe. Because again, queer people, LGBTQ plus people are more often the victims of child abuse. They're more often the victims of sexual assault, of violent assaults, of all that kind of stuff, of pedophiles and groomers. They are the victims of those. So how do we protect them? How do we keep them safe? How do in, in this wild world with the interconnected apps and all this kind of stuff, we need to acknowledge these as realities rather than doing what Ron DeSantis, the fascists, the Nazis, the Christian fascists, the neo-Nazis, the fucking neo-reactionaries, everyone across the board, the HAWs, the Tim Pools, closing your eyes and pretending it doesn't exist, closing your eyes and suddenly pretending, oh yeah, if we don't talk about this stuff, if we don't have any literature, if we don't even mention it, if we don't have any discussion of gender even being an issue up until the fucking high school levels, you know, well, never mind teaching CRT in school. Fucking, what about just acknowledging basic fucking human sexuality, that gay people exist, that gay kids exist, that there's going to be gay teenagers in schools. Why should they feel ostracized in a school system just because you happen to have some hangups about queer folk you know that's what it all comes down to maybe maybe she had a child in her classroom who, who wanted had, to go on grinder and have sex with adults is that your argument no i mean i'm not saying that I, first of all i don't know again this Why is would another, a 10 year old need grinder this is this right here like this is um unfortunately like a little bit of a, a weak point for emma but it's not because she's doing bad it's because this is exactly what tim wants this the, tim wants to put you into a position where obviously he's like you got to play super defense now right hey you want this in school you, you what you're looking for this in school do you know what's inside this there's sex in here blowjob scenes bunch of fucking pornography you want to show pornography to kids is that what you're saying well i mean if you don't want to show pornography to kids hey look at it I'm, i i know exactly what page it is here i'm going to show it to you right you, for kids you don't want kids to see that obviously this is the thing that you do though tim oh that you're I do. picking specific examples that you are asked inflammatory. You, asked for a you asked example. me for one okay then go ahead uh, the, i, I did I we have the book yeah i'm i'm i not said don't show children blowjobs you said you appreciate it's one of those things where i keep doing bits but like they're just acting out in real i have not pre-watched this okay fuck you if you think i have I'm not in favor of censorship. As, I'm a, not as an objective the observer that's sitting here, you asked for a specific example, he gave it to you, and then you try to say he's broadly in favor of censorship. Yeah. It's possibly to make a hypocrisy point later on when he complains about social media censorship or something like that. No, but I it's just... it's like, he's talking about this specific issue, and I remember I was oh, working really? on well. an education series about this kind of thing years Clean before it was room. popular. Yes, I was ahead of my time. And yeah, these kind of things were popping up all over schools, and I am happy that DeSantis is like doing something we had Asra Nomani on the show. She brought in, I think, like 70 books of all of the weird racist indoctrination and sex stuff that they're bringing in schools. Yeah. And I said, 
Look, so the weird racist indoctrination, I'm going to guess, happens to be African-American studies literature, CRT studies literature, stuff in which it's like, well, this is racist. Why is it racist? Uh, well, because it points out that apparently there is a system of white supremacy that has been enacting both in the genocide of indigenous people and then the enslavement of black people in the history of the Americas. And trust me, Canada's no better. And then it's like, well, um, how is that racist towards white people to to point out history that or to explain history? Is that is that racist? It would only be racist, uh, I suppose, if you considered white supremacists and white supremacy to be a race into itself, and you considered yourself to be part of that race, and that race to be superior to other races, and then the actual instruction of the atrocities that are done in the name of white supremacy would offend you. That's the, the only reason you would be offended by that. Otherwise, it's just history. Look, man, it's really simple for me. If Someone comes to me and says that they think this book, which Amazon says is 18 up only, should be given to children. I'll say, I will vote against you. So if, if, should the if, Bible be banned from schools because it depicts sexual acts? It is banned acts? from schools, public schools. The Bible probably is not appropriate for children for a lot of reasons. And I am not a Christian, so I par don't particularly care about whether or not they're going to give a book to children that has something like Deuteronomy 2320 in it. I don't think kids should be reading that kind of stuff. Okay. However... I'm, I'm in favor of the parents deciding when it is appropriate for their kids, which comes with very difficult moral questions in that my morality is different from the morality of each individual parent. So you understand that these books that are getting banned, they weren't part necessarily of the curriculum. They were just available in public libraries or school libraries, as in the kids or their parents could make a decision to choose to rent and access that literature if they wanted to. That would be a decision that they would be able to make. That's why I'm kind of like, the government probably shouldn't be the one doing it. Have you had a, an expert on sexual education on your program to talk about this kind of stuff? Yes. Um, what did they say? Uh, and are you in favor very, of very abstinence only? No. It's been, a, it's been a very, very long well, time. You're not in favor mm. of abstinence only education. I, I think abstinence only is... So you're, you're kind of hinging on this book that has pornographic material in it that like... You, okay. There's uh, a difference they, between sex and kick. Right? Uh, okay, sure. So the the many many individuals on the left have made arguments in favor of kink for kids, which is weird to me, and I think it's inappropriate. What? I think kids should learn about sex. I think the parents should decide when it's appropriate. This is why typically at schools they would give out a notice to the parents, like we're intending on doing sex ed. Here's, yeah. here's the subjects we're going to cover. Nothing's changed. The issue that way. with Florida was that they had a policy where they would not instruct parents. And actually were told not to talk to the parents if the kids were suffering uh, identity issues. Now, that's the state should not intervene and take away the rights of the parents in that, in, in that, in that Wait, way. Can, you, can you say that again? That the state, uh, what about gender identity issues? So in Florida, the, what, what, what prompts a bill like this, and it also happened with stuff in like Nashville, was that the schools, and I think they do this in like Washington and Colorado, the schools were actually telling teachers not to talk to the parents if the children were having some kind of identity issue. And so this led to suicides. No, and, no. What leads well, to suicides it, it is that children are being told that they cannot uh, operate and be who they are as the gender that is who they are in their heart. That's what's leading to but suicides. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about one specific. I'm, I'm, well, I think it's like again, two, you're two talking examples. about one specific example. I'm talking you, about you, broader. You, you can't ask broader, me for like. I talk about politics, Tim. I don't talk about anecdotes. Well, he's talking about policy that they would not. You, you asked me what gender. policy was. Talking about the school district policy. I'm talking. I'm okay. I cover national you asked politics. Me too. Yeah. All right. You well. can't ask me a question. Then when I when I explain where the policy came from, be like, no, no, that makes because no sense. You, you 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 go 
into individual anecdotes. I'm telling you why the policy was written. Okay, go ahead. No, but they have to go into individual anecdotes. What else do you have? Do you think he's going to sit there and it's like, hey, can you represent what you are actually talking about in data? Like, what does the data look like? It's like, ooh, not good for me. (laughs) No, no, it actually calls my entire worldview into question. If I look at the numbers and the stats and all that kind of stuff. But I do have stories. Yes, anecdotes, many of them. They're scary, yes. And and wait, the, I, I, I have more. There, there's more to come. That's why the policy was written, because there were children who were having identity issues, and the schools were instructed, the teachers were told not to tell the parents. This led to, I think it was a suicide attempt. The parents got who angry. Who had a suicide attempt? A little girl tried to kill herself. Okay, again, and, this is one case. Go and, ahead. And there was also another, in, right, I'm not talking about, look at this anecdote, let's set policy. I'm saying Florida set a law because... Okay, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm saying a thing led to a thing, right? Mm -hmm. My position is that parents should be fully informed about what's going on with their children and teachers should not withhold that information from them. It is not up to the state to decide what is best for the kid. There are certain exceptions. But the state is deciding what is best for the kid in these instances. They are essentially saying that children, take Florida, for example, you're talking about Florida. Let's talk mm -hmm. about it. They're saying that children cannot under the uh, supervision of their doctor and with their parental consent. This, none of this happens, by the way, without parental consent. It's but, illegal. They, about, can, they cannot work with their doctor on a health care plan for them to transition into their I'm not gender. talking about that. I mean, you're, you're talking about medical intervention. I'm talking right, about Right, but you like, have spoken about knowledge this on your program about before. Yeah, I think like if a doctor prescribed a lobotomy to a kid, the government should stop it's that It's not too. a lobotomy. That's not- and that's just absurd. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is a... Well, researched, again, the overwhelming consensus of the medical community agrees is a uh, very effective form of treating forms of gender dysphoria that we now know can be safe and effective. Let's compare that to a lobotomy. So I'm, saying, I'm saying that there are certain things in the medical world that we've prohibited. Right, but this is not what it's should... it's one of them. But the American You, you Journal, disagree, you think it shouldn't be. No, I'm not arguing I, every wrong. single expert that is reputable on this front disagrees. The American Journal of Pediatrics did a study about transitioning children. They studied them over five years. 94% of the children continued mm. to identify as the gender that they were choosing to identify with at the beginning. five whole then, years? Yeah, wow. yes. When and, placed on Lupron. No, uh, Then the 6% that were remaining, 3.5% identified as cisgender, 2.5% went back, yes, but they were heavily weighted under the age of 10 years old, where they never had any medical intervention. This is how actually... Tim just said this is immaterial to what I uh, was talking about. No, it's not. You just compare gender-affirming care to getting a lobotomy. And if it's like, this is, just broadly speaking, the entirety of the medical consensus right now on this, especially every major medical association in the United States agrees upon this. Tim, come on, she gotcha. ...care actually goes, Tim. 8 to 13 years old, you're put on puberty blockers. Those are entirely reversible. Then mm, after that, 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 that is 100% true. Here comes, here comes 100% the loop. They're not entirely then, reversible. Then 16, to a certain degree, then, they can be. Then why are they used in instances where They're someone has use. puberty that... that, that precocious that, yeah, puberty. Precocious right, puberty. right, exactly. And there's a carve-out for that in the Florida bill, by the way. So cis kids can have it, but trans kids can't. Because that's, then the, primary six, label, then years that's old, the primary use of the drug. Okay, but, but that's but, but, not uh, what doctors say. No, no, no. Then 16 years old, 16 years old, that's when hormones happen. 
Very, very, very rarely are there any surgeries under the age of 18. I don't hear you talking about rhinoplasties under the age of 18. On I've your talked about we, we have. Oh. Maybe, maybe you haven't heard it because you don't watch the show. Okay. I've also said. Said the same thing to me. Always is like, oh, that's not what I said. Even when you're verbatim called out, by the way, Tim will reverse it. Like that whole Club Q thing really pisses me off. The fact that he's not willing to own that shit where it's like you were straight up saying they were throwing grooming against. How could we stop the grooming? They were having grooming events. We have to stop the grooming. This is the problem. People are calling for wood chippers. Look what happened. Fuck around and find out because they keep having grooming events. It's like, you fucking liar. And when you're, you're called out to your face about it, he's like, oh, no, I was just saying that people shouldn't be, you know, calling for wood chippers. That's the problem. Child beauty pageants are wrong and they're disgusting. I've all said Hooter is inappropriate for kids. And I said we shouldn't be giving minors any kind of cosmetic surgery. I don't even like tattoos or piercings. So when it comes it's to... It's quite puritanical of you, Tim. I'm surprised. You have a lot yes, of swords I don't think and, children, and stuff in here. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think children should make, uh, uh, should be altering their bodies. But you uh, just said parental rights. So if under uh -huh. 18... Parents have to give consent for piercings and tattoos. And Do you think a, a mom should have the right to remove the salivary glands of, a, of her child? No, no. <laughs> you sick fucks. <laughs> Like, this is so weird. You have to, like, you got to POV a little bit because, again, uh, this is a very hot topic cultural icon, right? So, yes, it, it's a heated discussion right now. If someone was talking to you about your kid and getting your kid's appendix out and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, my kid had appendicitis, their appendix was inflamed. Luckily, they were able to detect it very quickly. As soon as they knew about it, they were able to get a surgery to take it out. And uh, luckily, my kid is going to be perfectly fine now and is going to live a long and healthy life and they're going to have a little scar, but that's about it. That other person was like... That was fucking mutilation, bro. Huh? Would you remove your kid's tongue so they couldn't taste food? Would you get rid of their salivary glands? Huh? What about taking one of your kid's eyeballs? Would you just take an eyeball? Would you grab an ice cream scoop and fucking get a good old juicy eyeball, bro? No? No, this was a medical procedure that was agreed upon by me and a doctor that was, again, broadly speaking, the medical consensus on this is very clear, and they knew that this would probably have a very high probability of having a positive outcome. For the treatment of my child, if I, again, you know, agreed to it and consented, which I did, and now my kid is going to live and it's perfectly fine. So, what are you talking about? Why why are you bringing up salivary glands? <laughs> my kid will salivate, I say. <laughs> you sick fuck. Are you for parental rights or not? See, this is, this is, this is a... Every right has limits. Well, this is actually interesting because we've, what you're asking, we've actually talked in a great depth about on, on Timcast IRL. That are you the, for parental rights or not? I just that, asked. That question right there leads in two different directions, which is, again, we've addressed. If you watch the show, you'd have heard the, the, the statement we've made about well, it. Well, I heard you five minutes ago say you were right. parental rights, and now do you're it, saying you're not. What, where, where do parents' rights begin and where do they end is strictly a moral question based on the moral frameworks of an individual. If there is someone who goes to a doctor in, say, uh, Saudi Arabia, and the doctor prescribes female circumcision, they're going to argue it's the parents' rights. We would argue Another against Another hypothetical. That. I'm and, talking but, about but reality. But these, these <laughs> things literally do happen right. in other countries. But it wouldn't but, be. Amazing. Amazing. Cool stories, bro. Great. Yeah, we, we could spend all day talking about stories, right? I mean, hey, we could even make up some. That might be fun, you know? The, the What's the name of that society? The 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 one for, not goosebumps, but uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The, 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 the Where they sprinkle the dust? I can't do this bit clearly because I don't remember the references. It would have been good. Uh, we'll save it for next time. Either way, um, yeah, who cares? Who gives a fuck? I, I, don't, I don't give a fuck. 
I, I don't give two fucks about all these things. The Midnight Society. Thank you. Oh, that would have been good. But I don't give two fucks about what you, like, fucking want to tell me about these random anecdotes you have in the back of your head. You weird-ass racists. I don't need to hear the weird-ass racist references that you've been keeping in the reserve. Where it's like, let me tell you a story, okay? A true story. Apparently, this happened in Illinois at some point. Uh, there was a black cop, okay? And this black cop was doing the beat. I was I don't care. <laughs> I genuinely, I don't care what weird racist statistic anecdotal story you think you've plagiarized to try and, like, you know, uh, one-up somebody. I, I just want to know about the actual data, the, the sociology of it, the facts, the science. The I want uh, peer-reviewed studies, methodology, meta-studies would be ideal over long-term, you know, like, you know, uh, different groups, variations around the world. Oh, it would be amazing. That sounds great. That sounds way better than whatever fucking tall tales you can come Wait, I'm talking about this country, and I'm right. talking about and parental so I'm rights. a point, right? The point is... The idea that parents have a right is limited. By the way, they've been talking over her this entire time. The fact that they're like, this is a uniquely fucking condescending towards a woman kind of thing, right? Where it's just like, I'm trying to speak. If you'd let me speak, she won't let me speak. Are you done? Okay. Thank you for... Glad I finally get a chance to talk here. Anyways. ...to what, we, what our moral limits are. Meaning, if you morally are okay with a child sex change, then you're going to argue in favor of parents' rights. If I say you shouldn't be able to mandate vaccinations, you'd probably argue against the parents' right, right? I, Should a school be allowed to mandate vaccines for children? Yes. But what about the parents' rights? Are you for parents' rights? <laughs> should, should a hospital... Should a hospital be able to mandate vaccinations for their staff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a safe and effective policy that has resulted in the reduction of things like measles and polio. <laughs> Old timey diseases, dog. <laughs> That's, that's how we got past these things. <laughs> uh, well, I'm for public health. But you're, so, you're not for parents' rights. You see, that question leads nowhere. No, I mean, look, Tim, I've never been made parental rights a plank of my own politics. I'm saying this within the context of what you just said five minutes right. ago. And I'm you... explaining. Yes, parental so rights you're... extends to my morality. So, right, your morality says that you think that trans children and parents, even if they agree with their child and the doctor is supervising this kind of transition, you're essentially saying that you don't believe that they should be have the power and ability and that the state should intervene. That sounds like big government to me. Uh, yeah, um, I, 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 I don't know if you know who I am. Well, okay, then there you go. <laughs> But who cares? You are in the middle of a conversation right now, Tim. And part of that is a, let's say, a quid pro quo. She's saying things, words out of her mouth. And then you've understood, uh, I'd say, a variety of them. And then you will now respond to the questions that have been posed to you. You don't get to suddenly just like, <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> oh, you don't know me. <laughs> I'm mysterious. <laughs> the, the state should intervene because you know, like, we don't believe that parents should and their children. Um, they're in agreement. So at first, my position was, you know, early on, you know, if the doctors are prescribing it and it's the best thing they can do, I think we're looking at in the past four years, about 50,000 or so cases of cross-sex hormones for kids, you know, so be it. Then we started seeing like the Tavistock scandal. We saw Finland, Denmark, Sweden start pulling this. 
the research coming out showed that it was not particularly effective. And then we also had multiple studies no, showing that that's uh, not um, desistance. That's not, right? how the, that's not how the Tavistock scandal went down. We were going to talk about this at a certain point, but like a lot of those effective policies, these are politically charged. The scientific community, especially when it comes to the Tavistock scandal, was very very opposed to what is happening there's obviously an ideological push in another direction this is what you're seeing in the united states it is a scientific for states to be passing draconian laws that restrict the health care of children oh my god that is barbaric but that's happening now in real time because again people are pushing a scientific nonsense it is not based in the science if it was they would look towards the fact that again every major medical association in the united states agrees upon this so, so you are then choosing, you are choosing to go down the path of ideology. This is an ideologically driven battle in the opposite direction, not a scientifically based one. It's for those who the did science not take goes any, in one direction, uh, one direction intervention only. was actually upwards of 95%. And then my position became, it probably is the appropriate thing for the legislature to say, we're not going to allow this anymore. Okay. I just listed the American Journal of Pediatrics. That's incredibly reputable. Incredibly reputable. 94% of children continued care after age. How, hmm? Take a Netherlands study. This is Lancet. 98% continued hormone therapy on follow-up. After what? So, so, so you... No, but so, the other one's a five-year study. This no, no, is just a after, secondary after one. After what point? Well, no, so, so this is the issue, right? Those studies were based upon whether a child was placed on puberty blockers or not. When a child is placed on puberty blockers, they tend not to desist. When yeah. a child is left alone, they tend to desist. So the issue is that... Oh, Tim. You're repeating all the London talking points at this point, man. So this is really probably based, I'd say, firmly in Abigail Schreier's uh, absolutely despicable, deplorable, and horrifyingly inaccurate and unscientific book. Uh, and this entire idea of desistance, again... If this was a phenomenon that was observed strictly in one environment, we'll say just say uh, one area of Canada, and then there was a peer-reviewed study, that was it, and that was the study that most people were basing their information on, whether or not that, you know, people should receive gender-affirming care and whether or not can have positive outcomes, then you would have a strong argument to be like, well, I mean, I don't know if we know enough. I don't know if we have enough data at this point. Like I've said so many times at this point, there is an overwhelming amount of research on this topic and i'm not saying that we should stop if anything keep going because the more we learn about this the more fascinating the entirety of the world becomes but holy fuck there are meta studies there is a combination of studies that were taken globally like around the planet in different countries where observably the same results continued to reproduce themselves incredibly low rates of fucking people who detransition this like over and over again, it's, it's typically less than 2% in a lot of these studies. And of those 2%, the reason being is societal stigma. That's the reason that most people want to detransition. And if uh, according to, you know, 10 prospective follow-up studies from child and adolescents found desistance ranging yeah, from 61 to 90%, then the safety of the children would lean towards non-intervention. I, I, look, I, I'm... I'm Go, go ahead. You can, yeah. uh, again. We should probably agree to look sub. at this, these kinds of studies before we're going to pull them up for a debate. Because what I'm pulling up and what I'm referencing is in, in, inherently reputable, and you can find any information oh. that you want on the internet. Yep. I am with NCBI. a majority of doctors on this front. There's is. I mean, that's this, a broad this, statement. This is, I don't know about that. No, no, no. That is actually a, a fact. That is a hundred percent. Well, I've seen this movie before. So what's happening is you're referencing detransition under a system where they wouldn't be put on puberty blockers necessarily, and then they would go through the process hormone. So everybody who would have. This part's dangerous. I don't want to see fucking actual justice warriors start to try and poke holes in this. This is something where you broadly just have to go for just complete, you know, 
uh, it is a position of authority. It, it every major medical association in the United States, every major medical association in the United States. It's 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 like the only people you can try and find are people who either misunderstand or misrepresent old studies, especially the Swedish study. The 2012 is the one that the right loves retouting over and over and over again. Um, but with that exemption, like the whole reason places like Alabama or Arkansas try to pass uh, justifiably with some kind of a scientific perspective is they go to quacks. They go to quacks, so they go to people who are directly misinterpreting data or, and this one's even worse, this is why journalists have been fucking up so badly. They will go to people who have both sides stories and say a New York Times article uh, promotes someone like Abigail Schreier, then all of a sudden that is going to be used as testimony by a politician, a right-wing politician in a hearing where it's like, well, according to, and this is uh, not a, by the way, a right-wing publication, the New York Times, we have here uh, Abigail Schreier says that levels of desistance, apparently, according to scientific studies, are well in 80 to 90%. So we're talking 80 to 90% desistance. Uh, this is incredibly frightening. As you can probably tell, those numbers would indicate that uh, there is a uh, ideological manipulation of uh, people and enforcing children to uh, transition. That's what this shows. No, this shows you misinterpreting a 2012 Swedish study in which the actual author of the study has since come out to say that her work has been misinterpreted and that's not what the study was demonstrating at all. So yes, this is unscientific by its very nature. And if anything, that study does reinforce the concept that people who do seek out gender-affirming care, receive proper gender-affirming care, will then not detransition in very high rates. It's, yes, once again, pointing towards that. And the other thing that's really sad about all this, by the way, and I'm glad that, like, you know, normies, obviously, are just looking towards the majority of the scientific community, because I, I, I heard this on the CBC of all places, so that usually warms my heart, because that means normies are listening to this kind of stuff at this point. But they were talking about how study after study has demonstrated that children who have gender dysphoria, when they receive both affirmation, gender-affirming care, their rates of psychological distress become comparable or better than their cis peers. That's a beautiful thing and a frightening thing, but that means, and that puts it very plainly, that it is cis people, that it is broadly speaking society, that is societal stigma that is causing the problem here. And that if they can receive affirmation, love, and gender-affirming care, then again, their levels of depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and suicide attempts all become comparable with their cis peers. Desisted at the point of puberty, which is what you're referencing, is already excluded from her sample. Right. So, like, And I don't even think you would oh, disagree right. with that, that once they're actually past the point of puberty and they still think they're in the opposite body or whatever and they go through the process, there's a very low detransition rate. But you're specifically talking about desistance. Look, and I remember yeah, I'm this saying, because no, no, this no, happened this when what, you argue with the serfs. This I mean, is it, what it boils down to. I'm not a moralist. I don't have like the- I got a reference. <laughs> arrogance to believe that my personal preferences for how my life would be lived should be imposed on other people. I guess he's still upset about the fact that like when we had a debate, all I brought was statistics. <laughs> like the whole thing is, I brought nothing but crime statistics. I had so much crime. I was just, I was just reading them off before him. And then he's like, ah, well, yeah, you can use your kind of stats to try and prove anything. I was like, well, I mean, I wouldn't really say these were mine. All of these, broadly speaking, I was choosing conservative sources because I thought you might say something like that. Like this is the International Monetary Fund. That's not, I am no fan of the International Monetary Fund. I would actually kind of like to see it abolished. Cool. Um, I'm trying to make a argument for a case for uh, I'm trying to make a case 
for a broad set of policies that are going to make sure people are as happy as they can possibly be and Mm -hmm. can live their life to the fullest. So if you want to impose your morality on people, it sounds like fundamentalism. For me, I'm in favor of a real argument. But if most. No, no, I am having a real argument. You just said your morality. Here's a study. Oh, man. Here's a study that shows (laughs) desistance rates up to 95 percent. Hold on. Desistance rates are shown up to 95 percent with non-intervention. So then we would lean towards non-intervention. And you said you're a fundamentalist. You didn't make an argument. No, earlier you talked about how your morality is what you want to dictate in terms of this policy. You see, this is this is what I was talking about with Sam. Okay. Uh, Right. The inability to grasp philosophical concepts. (laughs) <laughs> when I explain to you, oh my God, he's doing it. So we're going back. <laughs> we're going to Thanos snap this one. <laughs> that you are opposed to parental rights because you're vaccine mandates. I don't care. Right. I don't think you can understand the 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 uh, duality of the, of the statement you're making. Are you in favor of parental rights can go in one of two moral directions? You do have a moral stance. I wasn't, you talking, about par- I wasn't talking about parental rights. I was using that as a way to talk about right. your My statement point is, on parental rights. If and you, I fully if you have a moral position on morality, public health Tim, and you want I to have... impose that, then you too would be a fundamentalist and you've made a nonsensical statement. I, if you want to make an argument about why me using this data is incorrect, I'm all ears. If you want to tell me I I'm a fundamentalist. I haven't seen the data, so I can't. Well, then I, don't I make an argument about it if you don't know the data. No, I right? do know the data. I use the American Journal you of you Pediatrics. Didn't. I don't know the data that you just pulled up. You did up. not look up desistance rates. You did not look up anything other than what fits Oof, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I could have said something. I, I don't know. You got to know that they're going to do these slippery tactics, especially when it comes to this one topic, because this is kind of the same play they pulled with me, right? And they really, really love referring to the Swedish study or, uh, you know, the the one or two other ancillary studies that are used by Abigail Schreier again to talk about desistance, desistance, they desist. Um, Emma Viglin has all the facts on her back here, right? Like, it is 100% true that if you look at the overwhelming, especially the meta-studies, um, global studies, longitude studies over long periods of time, studies in different demographics, studies uh, in different communities, studies between children and teens and adults, the data is just like it's overwhelming in one di- in direction. You have to manipulate or misunderstand or misinterpret uh, the information before you to try and come at this conclusion. Your narrative. Tim, what you just said is that you want your morality to dictate policy. No, I didn't. I want people to have freedom I to certainly do what did not. they want. I, and, that's, that's just not, not true. You, I said so that we, everyone's, everyone's uh, view on a question like parental rights is dictated by their morality. You do have one as well. People have a moral framework. You've told me that you're in favor of public health. Mm-hmm. That is a moral stance. So are you a fundamentalist? Do you no, want to impose your moral? No, I talk about politics. I don't talk about things that are so abstract. I talk. Are you about in favor of vaccine in... mandates or not? Of course. That, that's a moral position. I, not a scientific a, one. No, it's it is a public health position. Well, yeah. uh, it's it's sure. Backs your morality dictates community. that the government can impose a medication on people against their will. Because but, I am trying to create a that's society. A moral question. No, because I'm trying to. That's create... moral. Sure, I think I am more moral. Wait, but can... you just said you weren't. You said you were not a moralist. No, I'm not. I am dealing in politics and uh-huh. politics can create. Also, the morality of this is less, impor- uh, less important than the outcomes. Like the outcomes are probably more important, right? I mean, you can take a moral stance on whether or not you want more people to die or live, whether or not you want more old people to die or live, whether or not you want more poor people to die or live, whether or not you want more people who fall along racial lines, frontline workers as well, to die or live, because that's exactly what happened when it came to COVID. That's if less measures were put, if less healthcare was made accessible, if less resources were made accessible for everyone, what was going to happen? Well, disproportionately, more poor people, more racialized people, more frontline workers, all of them were probably going to die in higher numbers as a result of our policies. And that's exactly what happened. So 
whether or not you think that was a moral thing to have let happen, and, and I'm guessing in the case of actual Justice Warrior, he was like, oh, hell yeah. Um, but that's another story. That doesn't mean that it's coming from a scientific position. The morality of that is something that you could obviously come to a conclusion afterwards, or you can make a decision beforehand based on what you want the outcomes to be. Then you can make a moral decision. Outcomes that are moral or immoral, and I'm dealing in the ones that I think will create the most... Uh, so you're moral. ...best outcome. No. Moralism, you... moralism in the in the way that I was referencing it is one that falls back on notions of. Oh, they're gonna ground their axioms. We're gonna get into deontology, bro. Hey, wait, what exactly are you talking about here? Are you for positive outcomes? Are you for maximizing happiness amongst the most amount of people? Are you a new rule utilitarian or an old rule utilitarian? What's going on here? Fundamentalism and imposing morality that is individual to you I'm on not the rest talking of about society. I am talking about I'm talking creating about a society that shows creating children. a society that gives people the freedom that they moralism. No, that's politics. You want to bro. create a society that does a a, a a a works towards a goal of your personal perspective. I, the, I, the, what you are talking about is imposing your narrow set of ideas about how society should be. Or based on the scientific things, research I pulled up. No, not no. It's no, I literally pulled a study. No, up. you want to restrict people's ability to do what they want to do with their bodies. That's what you want to do. Do you think I don't that people that. should cut their hands off? <laughs> I don't deal in a abstract, ridiculous hypotheticals because I deal in reality. Do I cover think, politics. So, so you're in favor of female genital circum female circumcision? That doesn't happen in the United States. How much do you so want? What? To How I, much do? No, you're wrong. I, I, there, it does there are, there it does, are very like, small like, amounts. I am not. In so favor you're in favor of it. I wouldn't. Do you I, want to restrict what people do with their own children? You're against parental rights. That's not the same games. thing. Uh, is a doctor? Is a doctor? Uh, you want to talk about Dearborn, over, Michigan? No, I've no, actually no. gone there and done the research. I've I've actually <laughs> done the boots on the ground journalism in this story. Okay. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. Because uh, female circumcision is a bad thing. We do not want these things to be happening. And even the parents were going to doctors to get it prescribed. There are limits. There's the famous story of the Kennedy. They got the, the what is it? The Kennedy got it lobotomized because the doctors prescribed it. Just because there's current scientific research that leans one direction doesn't mean we, 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 we move absolutely in one direction. What we have here is a very prominent set of studies, which we've referenced on the show numerous times, showing desistance rates for minors who do not receive intervention in terms of affirmation uh, or gender sex change is upwards of 95%, in which case science dictates we do not intervene. If you want to take the 5% chance that we then intervene in these children's lives, and that can result in even one kid being harmed, that sounds like an immoral action. Now, these are extremely specific hypotheticals that you are maximizing this is, no, in this, this current is a study instance. I up. And I am interested in creating a society that is not, not that is, more yes, moral, but it's based on outcomes. Not just that's what, what I just pulled up. Like I, I mean, I can read to you again, right? But pull up the American Pediatrics but, study. But we're talking about. Can, about can I ask a hypothetical while you pull that up? If if it is true that prescribing puberty blockers prevents people from hitting that point of puberty where they would decide, and largely they would decide to desist, right, when they hit the point of puberty, would you be in favor of removing that from the gender protocol? Because this only is talking about desistance at the point of puberty. So, like, what he's concerned about is that if you stop people from going through puberty, you stop the changes in their bodies and all that, and then they can't, like, rationally make that choice because they haven't hit that point in their development. I, I, I don't have the uh, kind of 
I guess, arrogance, I would say. To I mean, know I asked you, I know I asked you a hypothetical, about, like hypothetically. Right, but I, again, this is exactly what reactionary conservatives do. You know, it's like, a red flag. If you from deal, if, arguments, if you deal, if you deal with hypotheticals, because when you actually deal with the practical it's reality true. and the outcomes that you're dealing with and that you're uh, prescribing onto society, it creates an inherently unjust society. So let me you just, know, as, let the, me just, as the right wing conservative Destiny said recently when he was debating the left wing pro-lifers, it is a definite red flag when somebody is unwilling completely to engage with the hypothetical. If you want to say why the hypothetical doesn't apply, that is totally. You can engage in hypotheticals um, if you want to learn what someone's personal ideas and beliefs are on something, right? If you want to get to that, right? So I want to explore you. I want to get a little bit into your goo. I want to know what you're all about. Get inside your brain a bit. So yeah, you will learn about that person's thought process because yeah, it gets them to start playing, playing games, which are fun, you know? Just, who doesn't like to sit amongst them friends and be like, you know, what's your price to do X? And then they're like, ah, I, I'd be at least $5,000 before I do that silly thing. Um, in terms of policy and effective, uh, you know, direction in which we should uh, dictate our society, that I think it's a little bit more important for us all to kind of take a step back and actually look at things like data, listen to scientists, uh, listen to the consensus of broadly speaking meta studies of a whole bunch of smaller studies that have been done and conducted around the world and cooperate their data into larger data sets. See if the same things can be replicated over and over and over. Find out. Uh, use the scientific method to be able to determine and uh, create and invent new forms of medicine that extend our very lives. Uh, we can do this because we have been doing it. So that part's all amazing. But if you want to sit down and be like, uh, so um, if there were five uh, people on a trolley, um, but there were three people on uh, another trolley, uh, but one of them uh, was Thanos, uh, and he could snap the trolley uh, off the train. W would you would you uh, uh, set the train uh, on the trolley that had more rapists? You have to answer because if you don't, uh, you don't know where your axioms are grounded truly, and that, that's important. Fine, no, because I want for you to talk just about like reality. say, oh, it's a hypothetical. I can't okay. talk about it as if you don't so. know what a thought because experiment is. It's kind of odd. Look, I've I've asked you. We have here. It's I literally just pulled up. Bigwig, thank you. I appreciate it. Detransition Wikipedia. We pulled up this study that shows that without intervention, desistance rates are from 61 to 98 percent. And here I have and, general uh, acceptance of standards of care. The overwhelming weight of medical authority supports treatment of transgender pa patients with GnRH. Uh, agonists and cross-sex hormones in appropriate circumstances. Organizations who have formally recognized this include American Academy of Pediatrics, That's American that. Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, American Academy of Family Physicians, American College of Ob Obstetricians and Gynecologists, American College of Physicians, American Medical Association, American Pediatric Association, dozens and Remember dozens when doctors of the said most smoking was good for you? Okay, in recent years, the suggestion that over 80% of trans and gender-created children will grow up cisgender has been strongly criticized in academic literature, although concerns over methodology of these studies known to uh, desistance research has been shed considerable doubt regarding the validity of the reported numbers. Less attention has been paid to the relevance of desistance research to the choice of clinical model care. The article analyzes desistance research and concludes that the body of research is not relevant when deciding between models of care. Three arguments under, uh, undermining the relevance of desistance research are presented. Drawing on a variety of concerns, the article highlights that desistance does not provide 
provide reasons against pre-pubertal, uh, sorry, pre-pubertal, or pre-pubertal, yeah, sorry, I can't pronounce that, social transition, and pre-pubertal medical transition. The transition for desisters is not comparably harmful uh, to delay for trans youth, and the wait-and-see corrective models for care to harmful for youth will grow up cis. The assumed relevance of the desistance research on trans youth care is therefore misconceived. Thinking critically about the relationship between research observations and clinical models of care is essential to progress in trans healthcare. Uh, that's from, again, uh, the American Psychological Association. You're not citing you're not citing science. You're citing government approval. No, I'm not. I am citing that's the, and that's fine. What does that what does the government have to do with it? These are medical organizations. Uh, Aaron Reed wrote a, an article about this exact thing. Uh, debunked. You no, know, 80 percent of trans youth do not detransition. One of the most common myths heard in the anti-trans hearings is that most trans kids will desist if they are allowed to go through puberty. Sometimes specific numbers are given, much like the 80 percent of trans desist. These statistics have been cited as low as 60 percent and as high as 99 in various literatures. A Montana representative used this statistic to justify passing a medical ban. The Heritage Foundation has also pushed this myth. Nearly every hearing on the topic includes this myth. The desistance myth is one of the most persistent falsehoods that has been used against the trans community for decades. It is misleading and inaccurate and comes from the outdated DSM-4 criteria and decades-old data. Newer studies show that 97.5 of transgender youth are persistent in their gender identities. As an example of how this falsehood originated, how it is misused, and what current research reveals about the rarity of desistance and detransition. It's also one of those cases where they're still utilizing old information to try and pass modern-day bigotry. Um, the DSM-4 in 94, that's when it was released, spelled out how to diagnose mental health conditions, including gender identity disorder, no longer a disorder. In this manual, clinicians made up the first attempt to diagnose transgender youth. The first diagnostic criteria were admirable early attempts, but contained a fatal flaw in how trans youth were diagnosed. The diagnosis bafflingly did not require youth to identify as another gender. Instead, it focused on factors such as preference for cross-sex games and activities and preference for friends of the other sex. This is the study, by the way, that they're referencing. Uh, is the study the citing the children's study who were refused hormone oh, you're scrolling too fast hormone blockers or children who were never wanting hormone blockers? The title of self-reflection is really important here. Uh, I think we're getting to the specifics right now. Problems with this diagnosis criteria should be immediately recognizable today. A cisgender tomboy with absolutely no identification as a boy would be diagnosed with gender identity disorder under these definitions. A cisgender boy who likes to put on an Elsa costume and play with girls could be diagnosed with gender identity disorder under these definitions. These were woefully inadequate for judging if youth were transgender. They also came during a time when youth transition did not exist as a medical practice, and so there was no real clinical guidelines of their treatment. Thus, little effort was made to change criteria, which were primarily used for discussions in therapist's office not to use to deny or tr uh, medical transitional care. In 2013, the DSM-5 uh, was published, and in it, many Corrections were made on how to gender dysphoria youth are diagnosed. The most important correction was the requirement that a trans youth demonstrate an insistent, persistent, and consistent desire for identification as the gender that the patient believes they are. The individual factors were also changed and adjusted. These diagnostic criteria were much more stringent and are diagnostic criteria used today. See the changes. And by the way, it's uh, good for us to continue to grow and expand upon our existing knowledge of uh, science and the universe. That's kind of the whole process, you know? Um, and for people who want to like live in the past, uh, so, okay, here are the two, the 2011 and 2013 studies are the ones we're talking about. Um, there's one problem though. Until recently, all the studies that came out used the old criteria. They included several people with no identification with another gender as meeting the criteria for gender identity disorder, which itself is no longer a disorder. These studies have a ton of other problems as well, such as tiny sample sizes, very high dropout rates, old data from a time when youth transition was impossible, and even issues around conversion therapy practice on trans patients. These are two pieces that are commonly cited. The first is a numerous piece of research by Ken Zucker, including a famous book published in 1995 that serves as the genesis for the most of 80% detransition myths. 
Scientist. The second is a series of studies from Thomas uh, Steensma, usually centering around his 2011 or 2013 studies. Both of these studies contain the same core methodological flaw above, and both contain their own unique flaws that make them even more inaccurate. Kinsucker's research on trans youth was performed in 95, a time when youth could legally not medically transition, and trans youth in a time likely all desisted for some time because of bullying, lack of care, and severe repression. I myself grew up as trans youth at that time, and I desisted many of the reasons I am writing this article. Zucker is the genesis of this number and the most often cited 80% desist from being trans. Upon review, Ken Zucker's research, half of Zucker's patients did not even meet the definition of a diagnostic criteria for trans youth. His main research consisted of only 45 views utilizing old diagnosis criteria. Reviews clinical yield much darker results. However, Zucker was engaging in conversion therapy practices, that, which is torture, that sought to push trans youth to identify cis. His clinic was promptly shut down in 2015, and as a result, the Canadian anti-conversion therapy law, although Zucker denies the allegations that he engaged in conversion therapy, his uh, practices and history paint a different picture. 1990, stated upon above, you already know that side story. Um, Training on the clinic, Canadian GIC review, conducted a report, blah, 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 sample size. Steen's 2011 2013 studies had similar issues with research, in which some ways were worth with worse methodological flaws. Steen's used the old criteria, which is not the way gender dysphoria is diagnosed today. Worse, the two studies classified every youth who did not return to the clinic after having desisted or detransitioned with no long term follow up. Half of the participants in the study did not return, and all the classified as having desisted. I think I pointed that one out to Tim live when I was on the show, because I was like, I know they, I knew they were going to pull these ones up. It's, it's like, it's the same five to six ones um i forget what, what's his name again jangle science lab uh he made a video on this where he's like i don't know why i need to keep doing this because i'm like debunking a stephen crowder video that came out this year that has the same five studies that i debunked like three years ago on a completely different like you know assholes fucking anti-trans shit because they keep regurgitating the same ones the the ones now that like we now have ample additional information on these kind of things right like you, you don't look towards the earliest form of any kind of understanding of any kind of medicine why would you ever do that no one's going to go back to bloodletting you know in this day and age why why would you go to bloodletting now it's like well we've come a long way we've kind of learned that the whole draining demons out of your body with leeches and and, and just like straight bloodletting like you might feel different for sure lightheaded that's gonna happen because you have a lot less blood in your body um yeah you know what's cool about blood um we found out how to transfuse it to save each other's lives we can do that we couldn't do it before because we didn't know that we actually have different blood types so actually if you were to take your blood and transfuse it into someone who has a different blood type you would kill them yeah they would die so so people thought well there's no worth in pursuing this but luckily, we discovered that. We discovered, we built upon our understanding of, of medicine in that regard. We learned that there are different blood types and that we actually can donate blood to one another and save each other's lives in that very, very precious of ways. That's a good thing. It's good to build upon our knowledge of science because it continues to increase and appreciate the ability to heal ourselves as well as a multitude of other things. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. You, listening to my voice, watching Emma in the Beanie Dome right now. And sorry, this has been a long break, but uh, I wouldn't be able to do any of this if it wasn't for wondrous technologies that, that, that we have, thanks to a lot of scientific discoveries, some of it socially funded through government programs, all those kind of things. So, yeah, uh, Tim, don't, don't live in the past. Let's get to the future. Okay, sure, sure. Fair point. You're citing medical organizations, despite the fact that there have been numerous instances throughout as history, in fact, basically all of them, Fair enough. where we've been Don't like, hey, we were wrong about valid. that. Like, maybe we shouldn't drink mercury if you get syphilis. But what I'm referring to specifically is if there is no intervention of a trans child, desistance rates are from 61 to 98%, showing the majority of kids 
are better off not receiving. No, look, I mean, you're on detransition Wikipedia. I just listed a list of dozen of half a dozen. not detransition. This is like very important that we nail down what we're talking about. What I'm saying is, if you have a trans. Oh, it is really important because, again, it's kind of just a word that is a buzzword often popularized by people who read Abigail Schreier's book and really puts into focus the idea of these people being deeply, deeply unserious and highly, highly bigoted and motivated by their bigotry and ideology. That's it. They don't really care about the science. If someone turned to you and it's like, hey, by the way, there's an overwhelming body of science on this issue. In fact, the broad uh, consensus of the entire scientific community agrees upon it. It's like, okay, um, well, uh, there, there is old studies before we knew as much as we did now, but old studies that use completely different criteria that actually got results that wouldn't be applicable to how we understand this phenomenon today that do exist in the past. There's a couple of them. There's a Swedish study. There's the Steensmans ones, you know, the 2013 one especially. That's the one I think that Tim is quite fond of. Uh, they do show what are considered to be high rates of desistance and detransitioning, but uh, it turns out this is not actually the way we understand trans people to exist and be today so it would be very folly for you to do that again kind of like if someone were to be like hey do you want to do you want to get a blood and plasma exchange sure but uh, you don't get to know what kind it's a roll of the dice child uh, or a child who is suffering from gender gendered identity uh, disorder or dysphoria and you do nothing there is a 61 to 98 percent chance they age out of it and grow up and are happy and fine false Completely and utterly false. That's made up. It's at literally the, right the there. Point, what, yeah. what are you talking about? On Wikipedia. At the point of puberty. No, I pulled up the NIH. About. You said you can pull up anything. Yeah, so here you go. NIH.gov. Here you go. Tim. Are you, are you happy? Tim. NIH.gov. Deal with what I just said about medical the, organizations. the level of medical organizations. That's You're saying that fine. they're all wrong and that you have some sort of like special knowledge that you can supersede their, their expertise. No, he's not. Area. You're cherry picking what? American And you're making the appeal to authority. Um, I just, I just, first of all, I just cited one from the Netherlands, but American Academy of Pediatrics, American appeal Academy of Child appeal and Appeal to Authority, Appeal to Authority. You're not using that correctly, Tim. I call fallacy on your logical fallacy. Authority. Keep no, going. I mean, but, but, not that, I've got, like, I've got, but I'm not in a medical authority and neither are then, you. Then, so then, why then wouldn't all you I can appeal do to is the point authority? to a study and say, wow, if this study is. Yeah. But like half of what they do is appealing to non-authorities. I completely agree with you. It's like, hey, wait, hold on. Um, anecdote. I got an anecdote for you. It's true. I'm opposed to this, right? But there's also all these European organizations that are getting rid of this specific practice that he's focusing on, which is the puberty blockers. And like, for some reason, they're not on your list. No, which is we are we are properly like assessing when intervention is appropriate here. I, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. But why would they suspend in these better healthcare systems in Europe? Why would they suspend this specific practice that we're arguing? I mean, you about? listed Sweden and, and Finland. They've just well, elected far right governments, but. Um... I mean, but anyway, like, again, this is what I'm interested in and talking about in terms of politics. I want to create a more equitable society for people. We should have socialized health care, Medicare for all. You should talk about that more on your program. You say you're in favor of it. I haven't really seen I, I, I haven't Look, seen much. When you guys um, cherry pick stuff to no, talk no, about we music should talk or about whatever, ending like, child power. I mean, it's just funny. You should talk about ending but child it, but poverty. But you could have talked about my position on universal health care any one of these times. You never do. Why? It's well, not going to get traffic for you. Well, I mean, you don't clip anything about universal health care you should focus more on it and what? then we would do and then we would focus on it 
Universal healthcare. All right, I'm gonna look up Tim Pool's channel. See how much we can find. Like what we try when, to do is when are we is gonna be to, like for no reason? Time, let's just make a universal healthcare. Thing. What we try to do in real time <laughs> so you haven't is made one correct right wing lies. No reason. Talk about the or Dave Ruth. So sorry, I, I, right. I guess I guess I don't need to look it up. <laughs> Does that answer the question for anyone? Ben or Steve Stephen Crowder. We do talk about abortion a lot. We yeah. Do. What's my What's my abortion position? I'm not sure. Oh, the other day. Why? Do you enjoy the surfs, but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs? Many are saying this. Well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form. Available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free. Just like the podcast. Thank you kindly to our Lord and Saviors, Peyton L. Just and Xander Corvus. Without you, we are nothing. And now, a shout out to our Knights of the Square table. Amazing Flesh. Anna Loves Riley, Adrian McCarthy, DM Rivera, Doug Cady, Everything Important, Hegbard Celine, Izzy Solidarity, La Media Panza, Matthew Scarborough, Multimondi, Nettle, Omni, Peanut Butter Blonde, Political Papi, Quiet185, Rachel K, Riley and Anna, Roller Dragon, Kubi, Cernicus, Spinach Monster, Stellar Vision, Sebastian Demmel, Thomas, Trevbot EXE, Lucidry, Words Greenwood, Cheryl Alvarez, Tony Perkins, Thomas, O'Pecker, Travis McClinton, and Victoria Bell. Thank you so much. And a huge shout out to all the other people who make this entire show possible. Without you, it would not exist. If you can support us, please go to patreon.com slash the surfs, and even $1 can help unlock all of the little goodies and help make this show entirely possible. 